not a not a bad thing it's not a bad thing sometimes to not realize how much you talk or or to not talk or, or to talk that much Oh, no, I'm saying uh, it's it's not a bad thing to talk a lot. I think sometimes people need to be led into conversation. You know what I mean? So sometimes talking more is good. Yeah, I get I get good. Then I don't feel bad. Well, actually, I do. I still feel bad. I, I listen to myself. <laughs> I hate my voice first off. And then I hear Candy editing all the things. And I hate some of the things I say a lot of times, too. And then I realize so many things like like that. I talk over people. I, I conversate, dominate. I'm, pr- I'm doing it now. No, no, I'm listening. <laughs> I think I think that's one of the reasons that you'll have a podcast, too, is that you have enough to say to keep the conversation going. I mean, can you imagine having this podcast and, and having next to nothing to say? That would be terrible. I have I've had a couple of people on that I was <laughs> I had a real hard. I was like, wow, this is like pulling teeth. This is <laughs> not easy. I get it now. It is a skill. I'm yeah. developing it Good. with that. Let's say hello. Halo gray. Welcome to oh. straight to the point, completely off topic. Thank you Harry, for having me, Kyle. It is wonderful to talk to you again. It is wonderful to talk to you. I, I guess it's not for the first time, but I feel like I've known you as someone else, but now I have fear of dead naming your former person before you had <laughs> read 50 shades of gray and decided you wanted to identify as some weird sub or no dom <laughs> relationship no no uh damian gray is my son's first and middle name okay. and so i wanted to put his first and middle name and like kind of carry his name with me um you know As with your the, your neck tattoo that is still there i'm guessing then too oh that's not going anywhere i don't know if i'll finish uh-huh. <laughs> i don't know if i'll finish it but it's still there can we start with that can we talk about damian gray then uh, yeah yeah absolutely awesome Good. Um, I mean, to me, in my study of you and, and all of us artists, all kind of got some fucking mushy little spot in us that, you know, wasn't right. And we sought art to fix it, kind of. Yeah. And I feel like that's it. Well, I guess not that I feel like your son's passing has been in a drive for your you're you're busy as shit man you do a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think at one point um it it was a trade for some type of maybe like neuroticism um because realistically no one should there no no one's child should die before they do especially not at a young age and i think um him passing away from sid's was a little rough because there's no explanation and then there's nothing you can do right the next time. You know, it doesn't give you any solace to have children in the future because I don't know. I think, you know, like there, there's nothing you could have done and there's no explanation is just the worst. Right. Um, Sorry. You're, you're, you're taking a bit of my soul. I, I completely, I feel as though I can understand and I can give empathy, but I, well, understand is the wrong word really i can give empathy but i i can only yearn to understand you know i can only i don't know yeah well it's i mean it's it's tough you know it's like uh mm-hmm. someone said they lost their mom or you know it's like if you haven't lost your mother yet it's really hard to understand but i'm sure equally all of us have gone through painful things you know like 
And in the same sense, it could be mercy because I could have lost him when he was six or eight or, you know, 20, you know, yeah. the, the mercy in that is that I didn't, I didn't really get a chance to know him. So there's that really bad part and good part about it, I guess, if I'm trying to like, I don't know, look on the brightest side of things, but. Right. Which you do. Am I wrong? You're a pretty optimistic guy. I had to learn that skill. Uh, it, it's, it's not, it's not a, um, it's, it's, it's not a natural state of being. I had to adopt it and then start practicing it. It's my, my optimism is not my natural uh, <laughs> default, you know, fuck no, dude. No, like, uh, I think it's like anything like gratitude is something that has to be practiced. And so you okay. really do have to sit down for a second. I don't want to use the word meditate because I'm not a fucking hippie, but I do have to meditate on. Okay. Even though things are going, you wrong, just use the word that. you fucking hippie. <laughs> I don't mean to yeah. meditate, but I mean, meditate. <laughs> yeah, you mean, yeah. you don't mean to meditate. You don't mean to transcend. You're not going to float above astral planes and bullshit. No, no, no. I'm definitely not. That, that's my girl. That's Melissa. That's she is into she, that stuff. I am not <laughs> really. So is this, uh, I mean, I, I, I know that about Melissa, but, but is it, um, I haven't known you to not be, does that make sense too? Not to, to not be optimistic? Um, no, not to be into spiritual plane kind of, uh, uh, yeah. you know, and to hippy dippy shit. Like you've never been like, oh, my God, hippy dippy shit's not my shit, bro. No, I'm starting to get into a little bit of it now. I don't know if it's like. That's what I, I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I've always been like an aunt. I don't know if it's like, okay, so my parents were really religious. And then mm -hmm. as you grow up religious, you go, okay, well, if they're religious, then I don't want to be anything like that. I'm on a, the other end. That, that, yeah. that teeter totters. I'm, I'm over here. We're Satan. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, or the, I guess the actual opposite is just, I have no concern about the spiritual world. There you go. Yeah. It, well, and I think to have a concern in the spiritual world, there has to be a calling because my entire life I've never, and I'm just now slightly tapping into it. And um, I think to go back onto my son, the first rock I ever had was there's no way that this is just bones and flesh and science. Like there's no way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know if like that moment kind of was like, oh, but instead of paying attention to that, I just did a shit ton of drugs and, you know, had a fuck ton of sex and didn't didn't really pay right. attention to my mental well-being or anything like that. I just I think I went way off the deep end for a while. Right. Just to um, numb any of the feelings. No. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because I think the more I, I think it's the fact that there's nothing they could have done. You know what I mean? It's, it goes back to the whole nothing thing. And mm -hmm. I think you get lost in that a little bit and then you're like, what's the point? And, you know, and then you, I, you do a shit ton of drugs and drink a lot. I th where that really resonates with me is mm -hmm. in um, an understanding when, when people talk to me about their very moving experience that allows them to know the presence of the Lord or to mm -hmm. know that his existence is this or that it's always on that same kind of thing. But in this, this is the very case or this, this occurrence happens throughout every day, you know, in, in worse scenarios. Um, I'm not trying to, to 
to take away your suffering. I just mean like the world's a fucked up place, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And if if your experience when God did this miraculous thing, saved you from a car accident, uh, you know, you, you were hanging on by a thread over a cliff or something like that. And then you grabbed a weed, it pulled you, whatever a miraculous thing it was. This right here, this very experience also exists, which is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, you follow me? And, and so it's almost Absolutely. like saying if if that is your argument for, then it's very easy to disprove because here is this also case of similar circumstances with a different meaning and it, it destroys your your theory unless you're saying this other thing was not of worth. Mm-hmm. And then we're in a place where we're like trying to fight over it, really instead of finding understanding, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the the existential crisis that we all go through is we don't know why we're here and we don't know what we're doing here. And the the purpose of human beings is to find meaning. I have, you know, okay. a whole, I don't know, like a whole theory behind it. Um, but I I do think that, you know, like like I don't know, like like what is human instinct? If you say like you go through the whole class of everything in the world. You know, all the animals, this is their instinct, this animal's instinct, you know, uh, you know, a cheetah's instinct is to run after prey, a pitbull terrier, you know, is to chase smaller things. What's a human instinct? And that's really, really tough to figure out because we are manipulators of our surroundings and that that's our instinct. You know what I mean? And so our instinct might be um, influenced by our environment and it's hard to really say what our instinct is then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great way to put it. That's a wonderful way to put it. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to translate it. I, I think I'm following you. Yeah. I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not hard into this stuff. I'm, I'm just <laughs> getting to it now, but um, I, I you think started meditating. Point, have you? No, no, no. no dude. I, well, I've tried to, I, I uh-huh. have, I've really tried to, but it's not for me. But dude, um, your, your art is a meditation in itself. No. Yes, except for the fact, so like, like true meditation, at least like, I guess we have to define meditation. So mm-hmm. meditation, as far as like when someone says the word, I meditate, what I imagine them doing is sitting in a room and closing off all their thoughts and trying to reorganize and rearrange them. Okay. I would go yeah. fucking insane. Like I would for real go insane where I feel like I'm like a fire, hi- a fire hose. Uh-huh. So a fire hose if you I was with these sexual references, man. Come on. You must be like a sexual <laughs> Ladies, tiger. I'm a fire hose. <laughs> uh, no, I I think but, like if, if you direct a fire hose, it can do a lot of good. It can put out fires pretty powerfully, right? But if you leave a fire hose alone and don't direct it at anything, it will flail about and become violent, right? And so I think uh-huh. I think that me being not directed into something. Like a while ago, it was one of my friends that told me, he said, why don't you go out to like the Shenandoah River and just sit down and just listen to nature, bro. I'm telling you, that's what you need. It worked for me. Uh-huh. I promise. And you were like, fuck, no, fuck that, dude. Like I couldn't do it. I was going to go nuts. Like my brain. Felt you like tried it. Loading. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it for about an hour. And then have you just tried counting breaths then too? <sighs> it's it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I could. Like I mm-hmm. hunt every now and then and my like hunting is really difficult for me because the the my thoughts get louder yeah yeah and be silent and my thoughts get really loud during that process it's not calming at all okay 
So, but it is calming when I'm painting or when I'm gaming or when I'm tattooing. Yeah. Um, and that's a meditative state of its own. However, mm -hmm. it's much more is you're still awake. Yeah, and I think you're directing your energy as opposed to taking in other energy. So like a person in nature would want to take in the nature and I want to oh, okay. give to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, if, if you're watching, like I don't watch TV or movies ever. I, I cannot do it. I can't sit through it, but I can play a video game. And it's because I'm pouring energy into it as opposed to idly watching something happen. Right. Like I, I've still never even watched Ink Master. Like I've never not Ever. one. No, no, You're I have no interest. Too much, man. At least skip <laughs> season four. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's what I tell that's people. The, unfortunately, that's the only season you're on. So I guess that doesn't help. They're like, I saw. I, I've been watching. <laughs> Somebody told me recently. I loved it. They're like, uh, I just started watching on Netflix. I, I, I just finished season three. I was like, oh, stop there. <laughs> yeah, skip, skip four. It ends. That's all you need, man. Don't see me on my worst day. <laughs> I think they went too hard on you, though. Like being a. a, a In hindsight, I, I, I think we can all say that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And there, there's a there's a 50 50 part of me that thinks that it was in your favor. And yes, as it weird was. as that sounds. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, like the the intention was to be in your favor. No, I think that, too. I mean, I've been doing these podcasts now for a minute with all these people that I've been on and just like I'm learning how I how messed up my you know my conversation tactics are or uh, I'm also learning you know the the more you like the imagined conspiracies that I would have um mm -hmm. or perceived they they were overblown in some stance and then, and then in the same time they were also present you know and it um, I'm, I'm getting an awareness now of it. And I believe that certainly, I, I don't know if you knew, but after I did all that, Andrea met me in the van and said, Kyle, do you want to come back on? I'm like, next season? She's like, no, this like now, like, do you want to come back? You can't participate today and we'll have to figure out what we would do, but I can talk to corporate. And would you want to come back on? And, and I'm like, what? And that to me implies that there was some kind of thought about getting me further along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, you were the fan favorite of season three. And so it'd be really boring if Darth Vader was taking over the galaxy and star Wars and there was no Luke Skywalker Right. But for Luke Skywalker to be the guy that you rooted for, there has to be this immense enemy and you have to get broken down. His arm got cut off. What the hell is he supposed to do? Right. He no longer has the lightsaber, yep. right? And he's mm -hmm. trying to train with Yoda, and he fucking can't because he's weak and he's useless, and he gives up. Wait hope, a right? second. Have you watched Star Wars? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for Star Wars. What, yeah, what? well, I, I, I won't you watch saying it ever you again. Yeah, like <laughs> I'll never watch it more than once. Um, I don't blame you there. My own. I still have many problems with the holes in the movie, but. Aside from that, everybody yeah, hates me I, when I start I, talking Star Wars because I, I don't like it as much as others. Eh, that's no biggie. That's not it's not for everybody. I think no, but, but, but I do art. think though that like you were supposed to be given the ultimate and I don't know if I picked up on it really early, but I was like for people to at home to root for you, you have to be mm -hmm. given the ultimate 
oh my god because you think like what's going on at home is people are going oh my god kyle look he's getting broken down and he's getting frustrated but i know you can do it right and then you arise but i think when you're there and you're dealing with it it's really hard to see that the puppet (laughs) strings are being orchestrated in a way you know like it just feels like everyone's against you and i i don't know if i'm right about that but i think that's what was happening that's what i felt and then uh at one point i was almost happy i guess at one after I got shit on, <laughs> like there was a, a moment when I felt really because sausage was maybe one of the ardent, more ardent um, supporters of kind of the calm down. These judges aren't out to get everybody. You're being too introspective. You're over perceiving that you're over analyzing this. You know, he was one of the bigger um that he was pushing that with me. He actually had a conversation with me about that. And then we went down and got judged on a cover-up that I still love to this day. And we come back up and he was like, he had changed <laughs> his opinion on the, on how the judges were treating me itself had changed. You know, he was like, I think they just like to be hard on you, Kyle. Yeah. And that was such a difference from what he was saying prior that it was, it was I don't know. It was almost a nice affirmation because before that, exactly. It was, there was a larger confusion of this is happening and a, a there's there's a push that it isn't happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that makes I, I felt like uh, I told some kids in preschool that Santa Claus didn't exist, and they told me I was a liar in front of the class, and they treated me like shit about it. You know, and that was <laughs> a very forming part of my childhood that I would be taken out of class, called a liar in front of the class. You know, because Santa Claus was coming to the school, so you don't do that kind of heresy, right? But <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm right. Like, we both know, hey, kids, listen at home, cover your ears. Uh, But no, Santa Claus don't exist. So what the fuck? This principal's going to tell me that? And then when I get into the show, there was a similar. You know what I mean? Like, you want to believe that it's not contrived or that the drama isn't faked because if you win um, a challenge for the day or if you win overall or, if you you know, any any kind of encouragement you get during that process, you want to feel it validates you. And if there was some kind of storyline being written that more determined the outcome, it wouldn't Mm. validate you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the very reason I didn't go back on because I truly felt like it was less to do with the artwork and more to do with the character that you personified. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that really frustrating because I don't know how to personify anything outside of myself and and every time I started feeling like I was getting you know like rewarded for bad behavior I guess I was like it just feels wrong like I I recall you kind of going through that not just with bad behavior you did things in a challenge once opposite of the way you would normally do them in your tattoo and you did it to please the judges and Mm -hmm. it hurt a little soul part of is that okay to say you were you were like you were kind of pissed that it won. It did good. I don't know if yeah. it won that day, but it did good. And they really complimented you on, on it. And you were like, I normally would have used muted tones in there instead of using black throughout the tattoo. Cause it kind of muddies up the colors. I believe there was something like that. I'm not yeah. positive. The technical aspect of it. That sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good impression. <laughs> well, then, then uh, I think did th- that, if life is about finding meaning, right? Did, was there, um, 
what was the meaning of ink masters for you? Oh, that's a fucking, we went deep, brother. <laughs> well, you started out and really, I should probably get off some of this ink master. You know, actually, let me say this. Actually, we, we should stick on ink master for a second. I still want to return this question, but okay. I want to thank you first. Um, I've gone through a gamut of feelings about ink master, obviously. Mm-hmm. but when I replay it through my head, I hear your voice being calming and caring, despite me not recognizing that or leaning onto it in any kind of fashion. Do you, do you follow me? Like, like there yeah, was a, yeah. um, you, you weren't trying to add to it. You weren't trying to take away from my imagined perceived suffering, but you also weren't trying to give it legs and make it run to where it got neurotic and crazier, you know? So thank yeah, you. I, well, I, I am, I appreciate it, but I, I enjoy you, you as a, as a person. <laughs> yeah. So like, it was really rough to watch you go through that because I could see it happening and then I could see it twisting you. And then I was like, man, please, please, please keep, and I think it's hard. It's it's one of those advices that's easier to give and it's harder to take. And I I recognize that, which is why I try not to use things like they're not or you shouldn't feel because I want to re- like recognize, look, I get how you feel and I know what it looks like. But you are stronger than that is the right. approach I typically try right. to take. Not that that was what I wanted to hear that time. I was so ready to be broken. <laughs> But it was, it was, I, I recognize now I wish I had heated it a bit more because perhaps that, I mean, that storyline, if I hadn't tried to get in a fight with Nunez or whatever, that storyline would have still generated this kind of interest. I don't know if it would have been as memorable, you know, but yeah. it still would have had people wanting to know more about my story and blah, 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 me, 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 me kind of stuff. So, well, I think you've done quite enough to uh, put people on your story because we can both recognize that you having your breaking point probably made you more, I guess, noticeable on that season than anyone else. I mean, if people talk about season four, like when, when, like, say people ask me, oh, that's right, you're on season four. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did Kyle really try to fight fucking Nunez or was that staged? I'm like, that was really fucking real. That was super real. So. Let's go back in time a little bit to when I was at your house, guest mm-hmm. body. We were living in your house for a couple of days there, and yeah. we had a conversation about you going on Ink Masters. Ink Master, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that it wasn't, I mean, I really wanted you to be there. And at the same time, I recognized, and I still feel this way now, that you were the best competition there, the hardest and the most skilled of all of us. I really still think that you should have won. And uh, it always was perplexing to me um, to see the skill level and the dedication that you put to tattooing. And it it wasn't rewarded from that show in more of a fashion. You know, I felt even in your living room when I was telling in your kitchen, actually, and and I was, I felt as though I was convincing you that you should give it a shot, that you should should go and, try and and be on the season with me. I yes. was quite positive they would have you on. And at the same time as I was saying it, I was scared as fuck because no. uh, I find you to be. And still, I've always been enamored by your uh, artistic drive. 
You know what I mean? Beyond your, your, your technical ability and all that, I've seen it progress. We've known each other for 15 years. And I've seen it pro- progress from extremely good to what the fuck? Really, dude? Come on. Like, <laughs> slow crazy. down. <laughs> That's crazy that you feel that way because I, I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it's the artist um, syndrome that everyone has, mm-hmm. but I, I wonder if I'm degre- digressing sometimes or um, why am I not as good as I should be? You know, I've been tattooing for 18 years. Why am I not at a level that I respect yet? And so I don't know if it's like, I don't know. It's like fucking level. Do you need to achieve motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here, let's just walk through your shop with everybody for it. Okay. Uh, First we go to some obscure ass location that you should not even be able to get clients to show up to, but because (laughs) of who the fuck you are and what a great reputation you and your shop have created, people show up in the droves. They'll fly there. Then you go into this place and you're greeted by, Dude, I can only I don't even want to guess at the investment in artwork, original oil paintings and artwork that you have put into that shop. It's it's like a gallery. It really is. It is a gallery. Mm -hmm. And you walk through this beautiful. I mean, it's it's a labyrinth gallery with uh, a fucking balcony upstairs to play Halo, of course. (laughs) <laughs> um, or Call of Duty, I guess, but uh, yeah, I've never played Halo. No, not <laughs> no. once. No, just because no. of the name or what? You're like, that's bullshit, man. They owe me yeah. copyright fees. I was gonna say I had the name before the game and the Beyonce song, so that's mine. Oh, she had a she had a Halo song. Yeah, she had a song. Uh, Let me see your Halo. And so, like, when I used okay. to work in, I used to work in Brooklyn, and um, it was like a big like hip hop com- uh, hip hop community there. So yeah, like, that's that's where Jay-Z's from, her old man. Oh, no, 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 sorry, not Brooklyn, New York, like the shithole Brooklyn in Maryland. <laughs> not <laughs> oh, okay. the awesome Brooklyn. Um <laughs> and it was really big hip hop culture there. I mean, basically every single person that walked through the door was like a hip hop enthusiast. And so like every girl oh, that would yeah. come in, they would Find be out like your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd be like, "Hey, love." let me sing a halo like they would sing that song and wiggle and i was like oh god here we go <laughs> did you but i know you you smiled maybe nervously yeah. but pleasantly and then you probably did a dance uh probably with them yeah there been a couple of times where i was like you know it and then you know but i hate halo you, you're a flirt i love the flirt i think it's fun <laughs> yeah you're i love you're a sexual tiger <laughs> it was like a sexual tiger <laughs> i i I do try. You have, you have, you don't have tigers. Do you have tiger stripes down your head? You got leopard uh, zebra, zebra stripes and leopard print. Yeah. Okay. But somebody like at a gas station, station once called you a sexual tiger. Am I wrong? Yes. And I feed on vagina. That's what I said back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you was here for a Slurpee. <laughs> well, shit, no shit. girl, you know what the fuck. I'm My here break for. is in five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess it could be tiger stripes then. They look about the same. I don't know. I've I've always been into the like leopard zebra print fashion, like that old like you know '80s punk rock, '90s punk rock kind of fashion, and I love. Oh, it. we called it trailer tra- trailer park around here. That's that's punk rock there out there in Maryland, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, is it with a trailer? All the all the punk rockers in the trailers down there. Uh, it's all or, the the mothers usually. I guess since it's a guy. 
I guess if you're wearing your mother, it's you're, you're wearing your mother's jean jacket to the punk rock show, probably. Right. And she's possibly a prostitute. That's why she has it. She's living in the trailer park. So, we yeah, your panther print. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what's on with me today. I've been I gave a whole sermon in the car today. I was going to pick up our water. You know, we live in Flint, so we got to buy that shit. Well, you we don't yeah. have to anymore. Supposedly, Will Smith made it safe. But after he slapped, uh, after the slap, we, we were like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I trust this water no more, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Elon Musk and Will Smith ain't saving us like that. He's a dick. I thought he was a nicer guy. I think he's mad at comedy. Who are uh, you talking about? Will Smith? Yeah, because think about it. He started out and, and I thought he was mad at rap first, right? Because he came out with comedy rap, right? But I mm-hmm. think he was just using rap to make fun to, to fuck with comedy and then he came out with a sitcom and it really wasn't funny except for a laugh track my stupid opinion whatever mm-hmm. then he came out with the karate show i don't know if you knew this but he produced the cobra kai recently big no. baller yeah he did the cobra kai movie that everybody was talking about you know or the tv show okay and now he came out with the fresh prince of bel-air but guess what it's not a sitcom it's a drama he's Ugh. slapping the comedy right off of his whole fucking IMBD, just like he slapped the comedy off the stage at the Emmys. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I heard about that in passing. I don't know much about uh, about it. Was it Chris Rock? It was like another comedian, wasn't it? Yes. Or well, let's 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 I don't know. Can we call Will Smith a comedian? I think he was only acting close to comedy so he could be like, uh, you know how you keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Mm hmm. I think he was. Uh, was <laughs> that he was Carleone that thing, you know? He was Vito Carleone, the uh, the whole comedy thing, so he could try and stab it in the back. You think that shit was staged? No, knowing not, knowing uh, what no. we know about show business and stuff like that now. No, I don't think like because the same thing. We like people ask Kyle, was it staged? It wasn't staged. It happened, and it was a whole compilation of like I imagine Will Smith, and now I know way too much about him. You probably don't know this much because you're staying out of it. But Will Smith and his wife are now also going through a very expensive divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't she like sleeping with other people? Well, they always have been. They have one of them open marriages that, you know, always end so successfully. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. They seem to have a great success rate. Yeah. And then (laughs) she had supposed alopecia. I've heard that it's actually just a scar from a facelift. Um, and, And despite the slap. Uh, defending her honor, they are still getting a divorce. I, you would think the slap would have been like, bitch, I took so much for you. You still <laughs> going to fucking kick me out, take half my money? Yeah, unless she wasn't really thrilled by that. You know what I mean? Like she she could have possibly thought that was embarrassing um, to be a part of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It's tough to tell. It's tough to tell. Yeah, because like everyone's uh, idea you know, of, of, of what they like, you know, in a man or the way they like to be defended is so different, especially if it's like the, the other thing we don't realize is it's televised for the world to see. So that's a whole different, you have a different type of yeah. reputation. You know what I mean? So I don't know. You what, feel like more is on the line. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. damn it. You keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> I thought he was pissed at some snakes on a plane or something. The way he delivered that. I was like, you're trying out for another role. <laughs> trying to be Samuel Jackson's fucking bio, ain't you? You did sometimes, fucking. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I was going to say, sometimes I think people do those things to reinvigorate 
stories about them. No different than like, you know, Justin Bieber getting drunk and slant, you know, getting into a car accident or Britney Spears cutting her hair off or anything like that. I'm, I obviously don't know what's going on, but sometimes <laughs> I feel like those things are really good to make headlines and then get a buzz about your name again. You know what well, I mean? As a, as a yes, form of but like probably promotion. not. I, I, I'm with you there and I feel that, but I feel like probably not though as such a conspiracy because certainly Justin Bieber doesn't say I'm going to drive fast like crazy until Ferrari won't let me drive their cars anymore because I'm a danger to people's lives. Like <laughs> he knows that it will generate his, his reckless behavior will generate buzz that he can feed off and keep himself relevant. He knows yeah. that, but he doesn't know he's not like, I'm going to risk my life. To, I, like I'm hoping to get in a near death car accident so that this will occur. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, like absolutely. It, it's more just bad choices. It's so many times uh, people oftentimes imagine that everything they see is contrived. And I feel like that stems from our desire to see ourselves as in control. Mm. And so if we know that that was done to do, have this effect on our lives now at least we see it you know what i mean yeah like, we yeah. know we have no control about the winds the, the the misfortune that we might suffer but if we imagine that somebody did and then we can point to them then at least we can control you know we hate that guy so yeah. much you know like bill gates or soros or or trump or whoever it's going to be that you're like going to point it at it, it's kind of all the same, you know, it, it's it's to imagine the conspiracy sometimes. I don't know. They just they go too deep for me. Well, especially if you're prone to uh, conspiracy theories in general, which I think some personalities always are. Um, I think yeah, the ones that want to be in control, my finding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like uh, or, or or I know something that you, you don't, don't know. know yes yeah exactly yeah i it's it's messed up too because um the amount of l lies that i saw on social media you said you stopped during the election time and i did too because yeah. the amount of lies that i started seeing made me go i i don't know if i can trust anything that i see anymore because yeah. this is a deliberate lie let me tell you about a topic that candy will probably edit out again <laughs> oh yeah yes but this is and this is not a conspiracy but it is kind of no. a conspiracy there are meme magicians yeah let that sink in meme, meme magicians, magicians. Oh, meme their magicians. method yeah. of magic is memeology the study of memes <laughs> during the election that both of us you and i turned off from social media on they yeah, were sure. at full tilt and there's a slight documentary. It's called an anti-documentary because it doesn't really show the opposition to this. It's only, it's more just like showing you into these meme magicians, people who call themselves meme magicians and do funny shit online and have weird fucking runes and algorithms to make the perfect meme. My, my simplest understanding of it though, is that during that time they existed to sow chaos for the purpose of having change in effect because generally people who are magicians throughout time or people who seek magic are usually mm -hmm. feeling powerless 
So if you feel powerless against your circumstances, then you will try to find an effect over them from many different ways. I wouldn't say that spirituality, like uh, say going to church and all that, isn't almost an extent to try and find control. Like if I do all the right things, then God will bless me. He'll take care of me. Right. I can see that. And something similar with magic, if, I, if I'm feeling weak against my circumstance, magic, if I get the pubic hair from this guy and I burn it around a, a pentagram with some, some cat's blood or something, then I will be able to make a voodoo, I mean, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys, though, they see themselves as weak inside of society, but they have one power. They can sow chaos and they all mm-hmm. coalesced around many ideas of um, that were tearing you and I away from social and internet, because if there is only so much broadband that that any one person has for a topic, right? If Mm -hmm. you fill that whole area up more than my broadband, if you fill it up with so much confusion, the, the intelligent person will just look away and not even bother himself with it. Right. The the fools inside of become an astronaut. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to learn to be an astronaut because that seems like it's a lot. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. That's, that's not my pet. Yes. And if yeah. your passion isn't enough to know about these things, but now for other people, especially conspiracy people that want to be in control, their passion is to know all of these things, you know, yeah. and, to, and to feel like when they get to the you know, Thanksgiving table, they're like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you something you didn't know. But but here's 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 a weird part of it. Once you have all of the information and you're in control now, you also have a personality that is devoid of the information. You also have an intellect that's devoid of the information. And you can now twist everything with everyone understanding that you have knowledge to turn people into something and give trust to something that you might not be telling the truth about. And I think that's yeah. what I was happening a lot. And then, you know, couple that with the fact that the pandemics kept us inside and basically everyone was online for two years straight almost. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was a vaccinologist. Everyone was a virologist. Everyone was a fucking climate change person. Everyone knew about domestic foreign affairs overnight. Uh Yeah. Um, Now, when you find that my anger that would always arise was that if you showed that to people, if you did the painstaking work and it wasn't that hard, usually. But yeah. it still was work. And if you did the, you know, uh, you would see a stupid meme and it would say one thing. Right. And you would do the work to educate yourself about it. You took 15 minutes out of your day at the least just to do Google searches. You send them information on that very thing to say, I think you're mistaken about this. You might want to research these things. And they say, <laughs> oh, I thought it was funny. And then I realized mm. the true power of the meme and then the meme magician, because if I can share a lie when I think it's funny and harbor no um, angst or animosity against the person who used me to spread that lie, that sowed the chaos that they hope to reap reward from, then I should be mad at the opposition of that. Like, like whoever put that forward, it's a lie. I'm sharing it with my friends. Fuck you for making me a liar to my friends. But instead, the meme's funny enough that you're like, ah. You know, I'll give you a uh, what I think it it is close to. Um, since the beginning of time, we've had um, theology and philosophy, mm-hmm. right? So either the answers of why we are here and the meaning of life are out there, 
or the answers for the meaning of life are in here. Um, pulling my chest while I'm saying that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I had to like give you know, give the whole story. So we've had that no matter where we've been. And, and at one time we didn't have the ability to be able to travel cross country. You know, somebody from Ghana and Africa, mm-hmm. somebody from Mongolia would never be able to communicate, you know, um, due to lack of technology to be able to get each Logistical. other. Logistical. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Logistics. That's a great word. Logistics. So somehow we all have that though. We all have that. And it's in us somewhere. And I think what happened is, is we used to have some type of certainty with religion and we fought mm-hmm. over that. You're Baptist, you're Protestant, you're Catholic. And so we'll, we'll fight amongst ourselves. And I think the we've gotten away from religion, but that yearn for something that has been in us since the beginning of time is still present. And I think mm-hmm. we've okay. replaced it yeah. with politics and conspiracy theories. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I, I know the truth. God is my Lord has been replaced with. I know the truth. There are aliens and these motherfuckers <laughs> are keeping us from them. And, you know, yeah. Obama yes. brought the, the immigrants to vaccinate your children and whatever Bill Gates is trying to mind control us. Like all of that now is the religion now. Yeah. And the church is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all this crap. And where you commune and you discuss these crap ideas. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the same fashion that a Catholic and a Baptist would do it. You're wrong because points to Bible. And then the Catholic goes, <laughs> you're wrong because points to Bible. Right. And then, yeah. just, you know, the same way we do with news. I've, I found it to be cyclical in its nature. And I think we're all doing the same thing. We're yes. replacing one meaning, which is really difficult because it's some type of spiritual meaning. It's not a physical meaning. It's a spiritual meaning. And we've replaced it somehow with something else. And I had to get away from it, dude. Like I, I like watched it like poison people's minds. I think you and I at one point had like a long Instagram message conversation about it at one point. Where like <laughs> I, I was pretty sure and- that it was important. You were gone before me. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I saw your light after some amount of time and was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, which was fine. And and the funny thing is, is it started, you're, you're really good at like trying to make a point to me. I don't know if you do this with everyone. That's what I'm just going to mm. give you what it is to me and say, Hey, listen, you kind of brushed me off and this was really important to me. And then I feel like I'm really good at, look, I'm not trying to brush you off, but I'm just trying to explain to you. Like we all have different meanings and this meaning in my life is actually doing more harm to me than good. Right. Um, No matter how important you might think it's, it's going to be for this or that you could even be right. But my energy spent on it will, will still be worthless of some, you know, I'm right. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I you're remembering say, that right. Yeah, like that. That's that might be exactly how I worded it. I guess uh, someone, uh, the, one of the richer people I've ever been friends with, explained it when he's uh, just like throwing good money after bad. You know, and I didn't mm. understand the the terminology. He's like, "Well, you're wasting money to try and get less than when you could be just dealing." Like, oh, you know what? That's already bad money over there. That's already lost money or whatever. So fuck it. It's, it's lost. Now I can go ahead with my energy towards financial pursuit, you know, a more sustainable financial pursuit. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we're all with limited time and there's, I've been really lucky to have two really rough near death experiences and both times that it's happened. um, You get that. Like I, I never once like, 
was like, oh, shit, I might not live and thought I should have read some more political shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, I really, really should have looked into the Mueller report a little more because God only right. knows with Russia. Right. Like, I yeah. never did. Or Mondale was the right choice. What was I thinking? Yeah. I, I, I always say I should have been better to the people around me. I should have meant more to the people around me. And I should have done something that, that will outlast me I, I, every single time. Like, it's the thing that I always gravitate towards. I should have helped my brothers and sisters out when I had the opportunity because they're hurting a lot more than I am. You know what I mean? They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to get themselves off their feet going into adulthood. I should have given them a better hand. I should have been a better brother. I should have been a These better boyfriend. These are the boyfriend. things that would go through your mind more. Oh my God. Those yeah. I, I, I would drone over it. Yeah. Like, one of those moments I'm guessing was, was uh, when dealing with cancer. Is that right? Yeah. Because it's the, the, the yeah, except the problem with cancer is really long because it was very drawn out. So it was a, it was grueling and, and very long because there's a shit ton of uncertainty. Like, is it going to come back? Am I going to get it again? Right. Do I live through do, this? What all? Do you, you feel know? that's the near death experience? that you're talking about that the other one was when you uh if i'm remembering the story i want you to get to tell me about it again but you had something lodged in your throat right that kept you from Cigarettes. breathing you had to give yourself a tracheotomy <laughs> i took well with a with a butter knife in the kitchen yeah 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 don't downplay what are you downplaying it with a butter knife no that up well it's not it's not a tracheotomy yeah, I it was, it was more like a, a frat party throat fuck, kind of. It was like <laughs> more like that. Tracheomotomy is like well thought out. Someone with knowledge has to do it. I was just like, what? damn it, down my throat. I'm a bad kitten. Are you going to with butter knives in the throat? It was it was a long. I just wanted to be accepted in the group. It was a great frat. The guys were really nice. <laughs> this is a you Christopher know. Steele frat party. <laughs> This is a sword swallowing frat party, huh? Yeah. And I had enough <laughs> Just experience of the guys to like that me. I could jam that down my throat perfectly fine. So you had some you had a cigarette lodged in your throat? No, so I was I I didn't smoke very often. I smoked in between appointments. I would go through about a pack every week, maybe, because I was only a social smoker. I, I never smoked in the house by myself. And um I think I was just out drinking one night and I had smoked more than usual. My throat hurt. I was like, fuck, I'm getting sick. I thought it was strep and I had to stop tattooing. I couldn't talk anymore. I could barely breathe in. I couldn't eat. And I woke up in the middle of the night and my throat was so swollen that I could not take a breath in nor through my mouth or my nose. And I, I just panicked. And so I was like, okay, calmly get up, go to the bathroom. And then when you can't breathe, I tried to breathe out and there was like a, like where I guess okay. the, you know, insides have been slapping or whatever. Yeah. And so I <laughs> got to the kitchen. Clap. Yeah. I was making it clap. Yeah. I was twerking in my throat and, uh, <laughs> and I, I couldn't take a breath in and I full panicked. I tried to jam my fingers and my throat couldn't reach. And so I got to the dishwasher, took the back of a butter knife and just pushed my throat. And the sound, if you had like a cup of water and threw the water in the air, the splat sound that it made was all pus and blood. It was so gross. So I was like, yeah, you had bad lymph nodes or something then. Right. So the carcinogens in the cigarette smoke, I don't know how this is. And I was also 25 at the time. So it was a a young kid ago. Yeah. um, The way it was explained to me is that carcinogens had found a hole in my tonsil and started eating at it. And I had said, what the fuck? I barely smoke. 
Like, uh-huh. how could this happen to me? Like, I know people who smoke two packs a day. And the woman said, yeah, but you don't work in a hospital, do you? We see kids all the time your age with cigarette issues. Right. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's, right. you know, all those Surgeon General warnings might be right. And, <laughs> yeah. Read the yeah, fucking so, warning, buddy. Yeah, I had, they had to do an emergency tonsillectomy. They had to do a uh, drain without anesthesia. So they had to cut from my uvula to the roof of my mouth with no anesthesia. That was really rough. Could, um, could we petition to replace the Surgeon General warning with something that would work? Maybe we could we could have a, have you with a butter knife forced into with with pus and blood shooting back out the other end. Uh, like kids, look at this image first. Yeah, splat. Look, don't be like me. You know, <laughs> just a little thumbs up with a bunch of blood coming out of my face. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, they had to put me on an iron lung. Had to do another throat surgery on me. My white blood cell count was at three thirty-six thousand, I think it was. So I was septic. And my mother, who is a hospice nurse and a uh, ICU nurse, she had come and I was like, mom, just tell me I'm going to be okay. And she was like, all you have to do is say one, I'm sorry. And God will forgive you for everything you've done. I was like, fuck mom, don't say shit like that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, that shit got so real. <laughs> she was uh, helping you part. Uh, she was helping you make your peace with the Lord. She yeah, was, man. She, so she felt like you was on the, on death's door. Yeah. Being septic I, uh, apparently is, it's really hard to come back from because your white blood cell okay. kind of so high that apparently she wasn't just being opportunistic at this point and being like, this is what I've been waiting for. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's probably back, an amount of that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I told you so motherfucker. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Jesus put you in this predicament so that you had yeah. the choice. <laughs> no, she, she was, she was scared. That's for sure. And, okay. yeah. and I think her fear kind of put me on that, like, Oh shit. And then, so that moment, all the things that went through my head weren't, you know, I've started realizing, I think what I was wasting my time on and what I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I kind of turned over almost a full new lead roughly around that time. And then I think it was until I was 30 where I switched my whole life around, but that was one of the bigger moments that it, it, finally, it took a little bit, five years to settle in <laughs> to where you're like, you know what? Yeah, because I was still doing drugs. I was still drinking, you know, like. Well, those I, things are it, hard to kick. You can't. You don't just kick them overnight, right? You had a hole you were filling with something. So I'm betting that hole didn't go away just with your epiphany. Yeah, and I think the environment that I'm in, because I was doing so many conventions, it's really, really hard to conversate and hang out with people when you're not drinking. Like it's, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever tried it, but it's very difficult to do, it seems. How many guest spots are you doing right now? None because okay. I'm, I'm booked, but I, I think a couple of years ago before COVID, I did like maybe three or four. Okay. Um, it's more, so it wasn't a lot, but you're still having a lot more fun and you can still travel and satisfy that book. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with Missy and we, we have a, a investment property and we were rebuilding a house from pretty much from the frame up. And right. so, so you're busy. I've just been busy. Yeah, I've just been busy. I haven't been now, like, ooh, you've a been convention, tra- you know, like. <laughs> you've been trapped. And also, there, there's so many now. It's, I mean, not like, I'm not saying they're watered down. But um, there, there's more of them. So you're not going to get as excited because they're, they're every week. You know, oh you can God, pretty much yeah. go to a, a tattoo convention every week nowadays. But you've been doing them since I've known. Uh, we met you in Chicago. I believe it was the first time I've ever met you. 
you were working That's across true. the way. You won mm-hmm. best of show for an Abraham Lincoln. Does this seem right? Yeah. Yes, was it yeah, a, it was green a green Abraham? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a copper yeah. green Abraham Lincoln. Um, awesome. Beautiful. And, yeah. and then the next time we seen you was in muddy water. I had a blast meeting you in Chicago. You were a delight. We were in the corner. We, it wasn't the best traffic for us, mm-hmm. but we were having a blast. And uh, same in Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters, though, you were asked to do a um, seminar. Was I, I thought that was your first seminar you ever did. Does that seem right? Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, wasn't Marshall Bennett attending it, too, I think? Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he, yeah. he attended your seminar. I was freaking the he- fuck out. He yeah. gave a seminar and uh, he came back with a lot. He, he was like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. In there. He told me. Actually, because we talked about it. I was like, yeah, how'd you like it? He's like, oh, man, I, learned a lot. I don't know if I'll ever use it. You know, it's a lot complicated. He's uh, not real Simple computers. Guy. Yeah. So you were doing um, you're taking Photoshop and you're doing the samples for your colors on the on the sides, making your swatches, you know, Yeah. which is the first time I had seen that. And uh, man, it's, it works <laughs> and it's a great way. And he saw it, he came back saying the same thing. He's like, Hey, that's a lot of great ideas, you know. Um, I, but I had so some remark about that. Well, you were a young kid, you'd only been you were 25 or older at the time, or something like that. Yeah, about that. How long had you been doing conventions? Well, I, I had done the Baltimore convention and Philly convention every year with my the people I apprenticed with. The second year I was tattooing, so that was 2013. No, uh, I have no fucking concept of time. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> I, me either. It's gonna, I was, yeah. was gonna make it tough. I was gonna, but my, my belief is actually now that you would be in your 30s because this is, I've met you after kind of more. I don't think we ever drank together. I, I don't know if you were drinking Once. when you were at that Chicago show. I drank with you one time, and that was the, um, the, Zaza Inc. convention in his oh, like right uh, on. yeah yeah tattoo, in his, like, Mass- Massachusetts place. tattoo arts and fe- arts and tattoo festival Sturbridge yeah, Hotel way too oh, really? up. I was so I was boothed with Robert Kane and I was throwing up and I got in the shower and just put my head in the shower and then I guess I had gotten out completely ass naked um, and laid down on the bed and so rob kane had come in and i was just <laughs> ass naked and he covered me up so he could obviously so he could sleep i'm sure it wasn't great to look at <laughs> but i was so fucked up i just didn't even care i was just like i'm getting in bed i'm naked fuck off like it was terrible <laughs> you yeah. deal with it we yeah, will exactly. we put it we, uh, yeah we covered you in the survival. couch cushions <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but you had been traveling for some time already by then i'm guessing because you were you were mostly sober. Actually, that tattoo and arts festival was was, was that same year that I met you. Then, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Now I'm putting this together. I, I have a concept of time now. But yeah. um, before what I knew about you is that you had also traveled overseas, right? You went to see some of the masters work. Yeah, Italy, uh, Greece, South Africa. I've been to I think 36 countries right so far. Um, which I, I think is also why I'm traveled the fuck out. I just, I'm traveled out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I did so much traveling when I was young that the, I don't know if the velour or the excitement is, is no longer present, you know? And 
I think a lot of people spend a lot of time at home and they dream of traveling. And I had traveled so much that I dreamed of, you know, sticking to home. Now, I, I don't know if that's right. Flops. Well, it's, according to the Grateful Dead song, it does. Right. Uh, what, is what is that? You get tired of traveling. You want to settle down. Uh, what was it? Um, I'll never get it right. I'm sorry. I guess I can't repeat your soul for trying. Get out of the door and the light. Have a look all around. That's that's part trucking. It's in trucking. But there's a you get tired of traveling. You want to settle down. You know, you got to you got to patch your bones. Is kind of the thought. But then you get back on the road because something about it. I don't know. That's the song. I'm probably I can wrong. see that. I, I think I think I just needed a break from it, to be honest. I it. But you see this break lasting for a while, it sounds too, because you've got such a comfortable place, I'm betting, right? It's getting there. So me and Missy bought this house. We tore it completely down. It's in a really nice neighborhood, and we bought it for less than half of what the going rate around here goes for. Wait, how the fuck is that possible? I've seen the houses in this market. How Uh, long did you buy it? It was before the pandemic. It was 2019. Okay. Okay. And, uh, Still so house we, prices were kind of high. So that's awesome that you got a good deal like that. Yeah. Most of the houses in this area are in like the, the millions and we bought ours for like in the threes. So, but it needed everything. I mean, it needed a new roof. It needed right. a new siding, new electric. The first floor had seven rooms in it. So it was oh, built in like oh. the 1960s. So they still had like bridge rooms and tea rooms. Oh, yeah. Could even houses, have lead paint then. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, there were areas that had lead paint. It was um, sexually segregated because the houses typically were back then. The men would have a living room that they would stay in. The women would have a living room that they stayed in. That was typically how it was. So you get like really, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sexually uh, segregated in my own house. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really common. You know what I mean? Like the women would go here, men would go here. We'd smoke cigars and play pool, and the women would. Whatever women do, I'm not a woman. I don't know, but also <laughs> not from that t- era, so I have no fucking clue what they did. Right, but, right. Um, yeah. So the the whole house needed to be updated, and me and Missy took it on. And I obviously don't have the type of money to just come in and go do all of it now because I'm rich. No, of like course I'm- not, because you're spending it all on paintings. <laughs> So (laughs) kind of, except the only money I ever spend on paintings are the money that I get from painting. So, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's cyclical in that. I mean, that's why you charge so much for your paintings. I get you. (laughs) I do not charge enough for them. Motherfuckers. I bet you don't. I don't have a clue how much I actually charge. I'm sorry. I'm just joking, but I have seen your work and you deserve any amount you charge. I saw a piece. Well, that you did for, um, was it? Trevor for the dab that thing was like a photograph you made an oil painting that looked I thought it was a photograph (laughs) thanks thanks it's so beautiful that's that's the old swatch thing you you uh same with the Marshall Bennett thing you you evaluate color swatch and then you go for it thank you Kyle (laughs) well yeah you match the color to I mean beautifully that that's one thing you certainly have an eye for or an ability for it, it wasn't, uh, it, it was learned, I'm sure. Yeah, lots of fucking stress, lots of self hatred. 
Lots of I'll never be able to fucking do this. Why can't I do this? I mean, a whole lot of that. And then eventually I'm getting better. <laughs> so that's what drives. I, I've heard you say same things that you make me feel sometimes um, about like uh, you were like, dude, I want it's this. I forget who you were talking about. But you're like you, you had worked with him before and then he had progressed and you saw some of his oil paintings. You're like, it makes me want to eat my fingers off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And to hear someone accomplished like yourself with such loathing from seeing someone else do uh, something spectacular is, uh, I don't know, it's fun <laughs> in a well, shout and Freud way, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think that that's the that's the artist problem, right, is that we always look at our own work with some type of disdain, because if you think of like what being an artist is, or at least I, like, I don't know how I would define art, me mm -hmm. personally is it's a series of mistakes that you're just constantly correcting. And so you have to be aware of which mistake and what needs to be corrected to be able to perform the art. But no one else sees that. Everyone else sees okay. all of the finished, the finished yeah. corrections. So you're and always looking for the mistakes still, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you ever look at your work, Kyle, at the I, end I of the day, and to. you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 then. I'm sure for good reason, because you probably look at it and see, you know, exactly oh that. A, yeah, well, that plays yeah. into a trick I learned from a kid uh, traveling recently. Uh, and he, I saw him looking at his phone, you know, he's studying his piece. And, you know, sometimes people do that, you know, they just study their piece. And I was just like, oh, he's stroking his ego over there. Boy, you must really liked it, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then moments later, I see him set the kid back down. And he's going to town working a bit more. I was like, oh, I thought you were done. He's like, yeah, no. Right when I am done, I take a photo and I look at it. Mm. And as soon as he said that, I was like, you're a genius. Because yeah. you can beat it up more in a photo. You know what I mean? You just see all the shit that glares at you. And you're like, is that acceptable? Or do I need to you know, tone that skin break down a bit? Because it's so heavy. Now it's become a highlight. And I didn't realize or you know, all those little things. So he went back in and touched it up a bit in, in the same fashion of um, he used the principle that you're talking about, about always looking for your weakness or your mistake, you know? Yeah. Do you do you pull paintings off the wall, your own paintings off the wall and, and go back to work on them then? <laughs> I usually toss them. I'm not even going to lie. Or I give them away, which is a a very atypical thing. Like when I'm sick of a painting, I typically give it to somebody. Um, I'll, I'll like ask them. You mean throw them away sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I, if I'm, if oh, I'm so, balls. yeah, I can't, <laughs> I, I have no connection to my paintings whatsoever. Like none. <laughs> none, Is it, none. Do you think it because you do so many of them? I, I have paintings that uh, like somebody didn't steal from me in Milwaukee. I hate it. I, it always reminds me how bad I suck. I've taken this thing and I've actually, because I hated it so much. I thought maybe if I made like a decoupage, I don't know if that's the right word. I took plaster and, and a vinyl paint or acrylic paint and mixed up like a background and I put it on it and it still sucks, <laughs> <laughs> but I keep it. I still keep it. I don't know. I think I like it because somebody didn't steal it from me. They stole everything out of my car, except for my artwork. I was like, fucking art critic, you know? Probably. Like, yeah. Steal the damn painting. <laughs> I think, I think the reason why I'm not that thrilled about them is I think every time I do a painting, it's for the purpose of practice and not for its finality. Like okay. I'm going to do this painting and it's going to be great. I'm always like, I'm going to do this painting. I'm going to try to figure out this or 
I really like the way Waterhouse, you know, utilized a lot of gray skin tones and mm-hmm. I don't know, blues and stuff. I'm going to do a painting and try to do that. And so they're always learning experiences as opposed to something I'm connected to. So I don't know if I give myself the opportunity. Uh, no, that's, that's beautiful though, too, because it, then it, it makes you more prolific. I would imagine in that same regard, if you're doing it for the purpose of learning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, I have a couple of paintings in the house. Missy was like, when we finally do our house, I want you to put a couple paintings up in the house. Cause I just love your, and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to stare at this shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah you and gotta put them in up. her walk-in closet or something i i need to man because they're right down on the main floor and i every time i walk by them i'm like what the fuck was i thinking doing that you know what i mean or like that's too dark or that's too light uh-huh. or if i did it now i would definitely not have done that and it's this nasty little mirror i guess of like right. I don't know. I don't know. It's like how you said you had that old painting and you looked at it and you're like what the fuck like yeah, I still take them off the wall. Honestly, there was a painting that was hanging on my wall on the Ink Master. It was just a, I think it's like five by eight was what the painting was. And then they blew it up to this huge poster size. Oh, no. And, and, and I hated it, you know? And so I'm looking at, I still have the huge poster size actually too. I, I don't know that I could ever really sell one. I did once and it hurt. I gave one away and it hurt actually. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Well, I mean, I, I think too, like everyone has a, I mean, just like somebody who would want to buy one of my paintings or one of your paintings, well, everyone has a different connection. Whereas like some people would be like, I'm not spending that much money on a painting or, you know, mm-hmm. you spent $5,000 on a painting. That's crazy. Right. Like everyone has such a different connection. And I think even as artists, we have a completely different connection to our work. I feel like, I feel like when you're tattooing, you're constantly doing paintings that you're giving away. I mean, yeah, that's, I think when I, when I, that's why I think I hold the paintings a bit more. I never do, but I don't do nearly as many. So I I imagine there's an amount there too. I should probably do some for learning purposes and see if I don't actually do more. It's, it's really nice to do. I, um, you know, taking those master illustration courses and, painting courses and stuff like that those guys do was that with Vallejo or yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and them yeah it's crazy they do paintings and they don't even just just for fun you know they'll be like I'm gonna do this thing and they'll scrub in this gorgeous thing and then they're like yeah yeah or maybe I'll do it like this and I'm like what are you doing with that other one stop it like that's that's (laughs) better than anything I've ever done and they'll paint right over top of it like like oh yeah mm mm-hmm that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's also like what they do for a living. So I feel like to them, you know, to us, we would do a sketch and maybe somebody will get it and maybe somebody won't, but whatever. And to them, their version of sketch is a, a painting, you know? Right. Well, uh, you brought, um, I am one of your, and the opening where you at the, uh, at the dab cream opening that we had a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at the Baltimore, you had somebody doing sketch paintings. Am I wrong? Oh, he, was yeah. a, he was a teacher and he was, it was honestly, it was, it was awesome to talk to him too. He was really Dan open DeSantos. about what he's doing. What was his name? Dan DeSantos. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. Was uh, he like a bald, soft spoken guy? Really? Yes. And very helpful. And to me, it was eye opening because I've always heard not to use black in oil painting. And uh, he was ballsy as a motherfucker using <laughs> black. 
Yeah. And I'm like, so that's like, <laughs> I was like, that's a green then, or, you know, cause it, I'm picking up the hue. It looks really black, but maybe it's the lighting. And he's like, no, no, that's black. <laughs> and, and you're like, you're breaking little, all the rules. Yeah. You can't do the hat. I said, no. And, uh, <laughs> and his explanation and thought process behind it. He was almost surprised. I think to no, he, he had to, have heard it. you know, the black was, but he was like, well, he's not using solid blacks, you know, he's breaking it down like a gray shade and he's doing mm-hmm. this wet little sketch. Um, I don't know if he said he would do it different if he was planning on doing a more finished version. Maybe he would have built colors more. How do you feel about that yourself? Do you use black much or? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful, um, a wonderful saturation reduction. Like there's there's a bunch of ways that, that you can neutralize tone. Like everyone knows about the. What is it like if you add blue to orange, then you neutralize the orange, you know, or but neut- you can yeah. technically also just use. Yeah, you, I mean, you can use black or or shades of gray that just have black and white and do honest to God, the same thing and have a little bit more control um, than if you were to just have used, you know, orange and blue, it's, it, right. there's a mathematical equation to it. That's intense well, to a, get into, but it's also simpler than I'm guessing to use the, the, to do this. And when the simplicity is there, your, your art, your can be kind of more free flowing. Yeah. What yeah. we saw that guy do, he was doing faces in mm-hmm. I don't know, 45 minutes or something just sketching around <laughs> with a paintbrush so talented dude he's so talented it's insane and he and was I've... using that fan brush that like i never use that i know is i pick up in the multi-pack and i just kind of set aside i'm like candy <laughs> if you want to use this on your cheeks for your rouge or something yeah yeah exactly dude and he was using yeah. it like cutting in edges and stuff i'd never seen it been used like that I've been a huge fan of that guy's work for so, so, so long. And so to be able to like have him at the studio and be able to watch him and call him friend and stuff is beyond me because there's a inferiority that I have that I feel when I'm around him and it Mm -hmm. drives me to do so much better. It really does, dude. Like I feel like, and he's good at correcting me. Like when I was at the IMC, a lot of the people, you know how artists are. Some of them are real, like, I don't know, like overly emotional and and they don't take (laughs) criticism very well. Yes. And I grew up with a military father. So I was like, you know, I sat down with him and he was like, Hey, it looks good. And I was like, is there a way you could do me a favor? Because I know I'm not at the level you're at. And this good isn't isn't going to help me get there. Yeah, exactly. So I am comfortable with you pulling me aside and telling me I'm a worthless piece of shit because that works for me. Right. Like that is what works on me. So the pats on the back and they, like save, save me my emotions and my feelings. I don't want to hear about it. Like I want to hear what's what going I'm doing on wrong. in the bedroom. Like save me the emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. kisses the God, foot or it gets the whip again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I see what's I happening that with that shit. sexual tiger now. <laughs> yeah right yeah, on. I you, you need and yeah i don't know that I, I i don't take good to like compliments but i don't i think i i hate criticism too i, I don't i still i still shy away from it you know because like i got own. it in my own head yeah it's from someone else like they will critique it and be right and i will hate them for it even as i recognize <laughs> that, like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna change that about this 100 you're 100 right fucking hate you like um 
Mm-hmm. I have a friend actually that uh, that I, I, I talk with occasionally, and we met on um, Facebook. And one of the first things he said was about a tattoo that I liked, and he was like, "You should use some lime green in this." in this uh even look at i even know the color i remember the color <laughs> but he's like oh, you no. some lime green in there darken up it would have brought some more shit forward and i was like yeah 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 fuck you bro <laughs> i went through all of his shit i started turned to a troll and i just kept looking for anything that i could compliment negatively <laughs> mm, exactly uh, yeah give him a taste of his own medicine yes uh but he wasn't wrong uh i don't know I, i'm learning well, I think that being critiqued is a conditioning and it's, it needs to be practiced. So I think like the, if you're not critiqued enough, mm-hmm. um, then it's, it's one of those things that's really hard to do. And here's a funny thing about tattooers. This is one of the only art fields in the world that doesn't have an art director. Almost every field of art has an art director, including Boris Bell and Julia Bell. Well, What's an art director do then? So an art director is somebody who is um, they're 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 typically educated on on art. All right, I hate them already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they are the ones who know. So if you look at like Ma- like Magic the Gathering, one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, card games that I play, also has some of the best artists working on their art. They don't come up with the art themselves; they are directed. So it's like it should look like this. It should be this much of it. This is how much background should be used. These are the colors you should use. You know, okay. this is the type of pose you should use. Like then you a send client your... that's actually helped as opposed or, to my uncle yeah, or, died. So we want to add that in the sky. I think, can we put names in stems? Cause that just seems right. Exactly. So, so your clientele is not educated on art, but they're asking you the artist to do it. So what right. ends up happening is that, you they are should not go only- to an art director. Well, I think it's harder to take critiques because we don't have an art director. Our clients technically are the art directors, but they're also deferring to you for the information because they're not artists either. Right. So they don't even know how to critique the sketch you gave them. They're putting full trust in you. So you very rarely get critiqued. Fast forward 20 years later, how many critiques are you honestly getting from clients? Three in your career? Four? You know what I mean? Like real deep, helpful critiques um, right. from an educated person. It's rare. So have you hired an art director for yourself then? No, God, I wish. No, but but I do seek them out when I'm doing paintings. So mm-hmm. Dan DeSantos, I would say, um, would would be somebody that I would look at for a compositional. I would say, you know, hey, man, take a look at this painting. Um, there's a girl, Alessandra Pisano. And she takes, you know, sometimes I'll sit with her and she'll be like, so what have you been up to? And I'm like, can I show you some of my paintings and can you critique them? And then she'll draw over them or like on the iPad or she'll, she'll okay. point to things or sketch them out and give me a critique. So I, I do seek out critiques, um, not so much from tattooers, but from painters for sure. Right. You guys open the floor up at your, you, you've, you've got a big shop. How many guys are working there? Uh, so far nine. And then I just took my first apprentice ever, um, like Whoa. five months ago. Did you guys open up the, sh- the tattoos you do to critique kind of, I've heard of people taking their tattoos around and they, they kind of beat each other's tattoos up purposely yeah. and nicely at the end of the week. Is that a thing? Yes and no. So we, we were doing that at first, 
Um, and every now and then we do it. We have a code word and it's, um, dude, don't forget to take a picture of that. And don't forget to take a picture of that is the code word for when I got you... something to tell you about that. <laughs> exactly. But I'm not going to yeah. tell you in front of your client who is excited and, you know, put full faith in you. So if, if we right. see something that's off, we, we double check each other. Um, and then they'll come back to you and be like, Hey, what did you mean by what'd you see? Uh-huh. And then you'll, t- you'll have, obviously you take a picture of it. Oh yeah, that's right. Let me take a picture. You take a picture and then we'll go over to them and be like, okay, what did you see? Like, what did I do? And then you'll right. be like, Hey, you did this, 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 it looks, you know, here's a tangent here that you, mm-hmm. that you hit or, you know, Hey, here's a, a, t- a temperature tangent. You know, you did blue on blue adding tangents and color tangents. What the fuck is a tangent, man? How far behind am I? <laughs> tangents are um they're, they're that's what my whole show is about actually i think i'm on one now what are tangents <laughs> in the art world tangents in the art world are when uh lines intersect and intersect or touch in the same direction and they don't give uh points of interest anymore or when colors okay. end up touching each other so i'll give you a basic uh, example um if you did a dark sky with dark grass and a dark pig in the background, that would be a tangent, right? Because you have dark on dark on dark. So what an art person would say, or an artist might look at is go, okay, well, I'm going to make the moon light and I'm going to make the blue sky medium. And then I'm going to make the grass dark. And then I'm going to make the pig light. You know what I mean? So, so that you don't have, um, those are called value tangents. You know what I mean? So okay. you want too many touching each other that's it's the balancing or let's say you'll flatten out those things that they're touching Mm -hmm. by either making okay so let's say you had homer simpson and you wanted to put a circle frame around him if the circle frame touches the top of his head that's considered a line tangent so you either want a little bit of space from the top of his head under the circle or you want him to protrude out of the circle so that there are no line tangents right so it's just oh those things really do stick out yeah like it's it's a real important thing to remember can i just use it like uh every once in a while just to try and make myself sound more smart and just listen to me more smart um and uh (laughs) and then um you know just say tangent like yeah i really like what you do with the tangents there yeah, and people will be like, what the fuck? How did you know what that word is? You're so smart. Go pee. Go pee. I'll pat myself um, on the back. Are you letting your dogs yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. They're they're looking outside. We have all these damn deer in the backyard, and so they like to run after them every now and then and scare them off, which I enjoy because uh, they well, you hate the deer. Plants. Oh, okay. You're I do fucking hate deer. I don't I hate them, dude, so much. <laughs> I used to think they were majestic until they ate every fucking plant and our garden and it was yes now he's got to eat too hey just helps you invest in chicken wire uh yeah yeah i I probably need to i probably need to somebody said you can get a like a sprinkler that's motion activated and i've been thinking about investing in that Hmm. so yeah every time they come over they just get blasted yeah with water what if yeah yeah yeah. or acid or cyanide or Dude, we need to make one that you could just have an alarm that would go off so that you could just battle stations and you could run and just start shooting deer with water sprinklers. Oh my God, I would love that. A little camera on top. That's a wet dream of mine. That is for (laughs) sure a wet dream of mine. You're like in the Millennium Falcon and you're shooting die TIE fighters, but they're really deer and it's just your lawn. So I chased this damn deer down one day. It was in Uh my yard. 
and I <laughs> was shaking him. your and fist at beast... it like an old man or what? Yeah, yeah. I was running at it full speed like a goddamn uh-huh. barbarian, like get the fuck out of my yard, and a bee stung me. Okay. So now I feel like nature's all in cahoots against me. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm just trying to save these plants. Yeah, on, that bee was like, I got it, dear. <laughs> you owe me one. <laughs> yeah, they were like, You get the fuck away from Bambi now. <laughs> he didn't do off. anything. This was his house before you moved in, cut down all the trees, took up all the vegetation. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm very selfish with it, I guess. <laughs> damn you. Damn you. Well, I don't know. God gave us dominion over the earth. That's what they told us in the churches. So you got to rape it just so it, is, it knows. It knows it who's the master. Because, because <laughs> I, I remember you're funny as shit. I remember somebody a while ago said that that was the deer's house before it was yours. And then I was like, but then where am I supposed to live? Like, where is, <laughs> where is human habitat then? If this is all deer habitat, where the fuck is right. human habitat? Well, no, I think there's just that understanding. Yeah, that deer, it, it don't get it. You know, it don't know. It doesn't understand your property line. It just yeah. knows that there's a, a impediment in its way occasionally that it has to jump over. Um, but yeah, I don't, it, at this I'm not mad. I would say chasing after a deer, I'd be more careful at one point. Those fuckers, they can turn on you. You seen that that guy got attacked by that deer? His front legs, yeah. the deer's legs were flailing like two baseball bats just going after him. Right up and up and up and up. Oh, like, yeah. He's no, going to get they, you far enough in the woods and he's like, just where I wanted you. Welcome <laughs> to my parlor, said the spider to the fly. It takes the fist. <laughs> <laughs> or it ta- right. tastes the hoof. Dude, they, yeah. they will fuck you up too, man, especially buck. Like they will mess you up. Yeah. Yeah. They say um like elk kill more people than like wolves and bears in Alaska. Like, Jesus, I wouldn't it, doubt it. And an elk will just fuck with you just to kill just to kill you, just to kill you. Really? He won't eat nothing. <laughs> He's a herbivore. He's just like, ah, I felt like eat, killing this motherfucker in my path. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how many animals are like that, just defensive over their their territorial space in general that they'll just right. fuck you up for no reason. Like cows will even do that. It's kind of nice. And that's why I think we should eat them. That's, that's why I'm not vegetarian. I just, you know, cause they're, they're fucking dicks. Fucking animals <laughs> are dicks. That's what <laughs> I, I, I do think we are meant to eat them, right? Like, isn't our body designed? Uh, we don't have segmented stomachs. Oh, it's going to depend. You're going to open up a can of worms there. Yeah, um, every yeah. vegan will try to kill me, I'm sure. Is, but your I, wife's a vegan, isn't she? Missy's a vegan, no? No, no. She was uh okay. she was a pescatarian, so she was only eating fish and then oh, I they're just her, halfway. Yeah, I introduced <laughs> her to chicken and uh <laughs> and then it was all uh, over. It was all you, over you're yeah. like this is the Chick-fil-A, try it out. Yeah, and then it was a while that she she never had beef, and I did a 90, it was like 92 days. I ate absolutely nothing but red meat um for 92 days straight, like nothing else, not no you told me about this. Oh, oh my wow. god, it was the best I ever you said felt it was in my good life. health, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You didn't I, get I, to where you just hated eating it though, didn't you just be like never not bite this shit again? No, no, never. Actually, it was it was it was the most free I had ever felt of food because I didn't have choice anymore. And I always felt satiated. I always felt full. I always felt really good. Mm -hmm. And I lost 30 pounds and my HDLs, my LDLs, my blood lipids, my cholesterol were all better. 
Every you said month, your your hair was getting thicker and all that, right? Yeah, my hair was getting thicker. My 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 sleep was better. My attitude was better. My cognitive ability, my eyesight got better. Like, so it's do you crazy. keep this up now? You do it more often? I, I got to admit, man, it's not a fun. It's 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 not fun when you're social. Um, and so like okay. when we had like. Yeah. And Missy's family is Italian, so they were like, "No, we're cooking for an army for Father's Day." Right, and you're like, "No, you know, I'm just eating meat." <laughs> yeah, it, it's really if it was just me, my whole life I would be fine. But as soon as you add the element of family and stuff, that's when it starts to it, it, the, the walls start to deteriorate a little bit. So I felt really good, but is it something I want to keep up with and be social? Nah, man. Uh, I spaghetti's man, delicious. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed. Uh, I, I definitely missed going out to a restaurant and having, you know, like different cuisines of things. So it, it wasn't hard, but it just wasn't fun either. I I, I wonder I, if if it was shake, I could live off of shakes I, because it does. Just like you said, it's no real choice. It's taken away. You know, you just go and you mix up a little shake, drink it. Good for however long you're good. Um. I think it's bad for your health too, but like I would a, like a, like not, not necessarily like well-rounded vitamin wise and stuff like that. Yeah. And probably what fiber. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they say you're supposed to change your diet though. But then again, in that theory, this meat diet wouldn't be, it wouldn't get you enough um, enzymes and vitamins and all. We, the only thing that red full nose to tail red meat doesn't give you is vitamin C, but every other okay. thing it gives you every, every, so literally everything else. Fiber is not necessarily needed if you're not putting roughage down. Um, because I, I mean, TMI, but it was the best I've ever been to the bathroom <laughs> ever. I mean, quite literally ever. It took but how often? Feet. Yeah. How often you would go to the bathroom once a week? Sometimes, yeah, once every four days. Well, because <laughs> you're digesting everything you put in your body. I didn't have any okay. seasoning. There was no pepper. So every single thing that I ate, my body was using. So there was almost, it was just literally water. I, I felt great. Like I never had stomach aches. I didn't wow. get, um, it, it was it was the best I've ever felt, dude. I felt like I was 10 years younger. It was amazing. You know, to add into the argument of meat versus vegetarian, uh, um, and I'm not one or the other, but they have studied now and found that many, I mean, many times we've heard that vegetarians live longer mm -hmm. and this is a truth. However, we've theorized that of course it's because they're vegetarians when moreover, wouldn't we assume that the average vegetarian has made that choice because of his interest in health and because of his interest in health, he will probably live longer because of several different factors that he engages in, i.e. working out regularly, um, mm. you know, not eating extremely excessive sugar or fats and all these kinds of fashions. So now they've had better studies and they've found that uh, meat eating, meat eating civilizations tend to live longer. Meat eating civilizations tend to eat longer. Well, I, societies. I and I, I could see that. I think um, here, I, I got to give you this. I got to send it to you, but it's very boring and very long. I don't know if you're into <laughs> long, boring stuff. It's probably, I think, like 12 or 13 hours long, but what? I listen to it when I'm painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good, though. I'm pretty sure it was Princeton University that did a study on epigenetics and the gut microbiome. 
Okay. Um, I don't yeah. watch the Marvel movies, but I listen to this shit like intently. Like that's the stuff I find interesting. So Gut I'll violence. give you a real quick synopsis. That's yeah, a fun well, one. and epigenetics and, and epigenetics, right? So your environment okay. over top of genetics, right? Mm-hmm. And so how it affects your gut biome. Yeah, yeah, because okay, so think so. Th- I'll, I'll give it to you real brief, not the eight to twelve. Do they also let, let me stop you for a second, and ask because I know a little bit. But do they also theorize the gut biome can actually predict behaviors and be a, a precursor to or be a causational, like like actually cause different behaviors? Uh, no, they, they Eating the being the most right, obvious, like I will crave certain foods. But actually, outside of that, more more of where I might be aggressive, or I might uh, be prone to fight or uh, argue. Yeah, I, I I mean I could see that because you're technically putting just chem everything is a chemical at some point. So you're mm. just when you eat an apple, you're just turning apple chemicals into human chemicals. You know what I mean? Like you have okay. to break it down to synthesize it first. But I I mean I could I I would imagine, yeah, like if you were eating something that gave you different chemicals, you know, whether dopaminergic serotonin, mm-hmm. stuff like that, I'm sure. But the study went back to like the adaptation of food and why we've got it so wrong. So there's a bunch of things that we've got wrong about food. So first off, like, do you believe in Pangea? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Perfect. Are, yeah. Wait, I, well, I mean, are I, we not? Is that an, <laughs> is that there's a, still is that... people who think the earth is flat that present day. So okay. it's, Right on. Yeah, yeah. you were checking. The I, I always like I to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I used to work with one. So right. it, I'm, wow. you know, I've had these arguments. I, um, I like that it exists as a theory. And I find that these people are more, um, more scientific than I am because I don't try and test that shit. I, I don't question it. And so their pursuit is actually maybe more honorable than my lack of pursuit. However, I think that they're getting it wrong. <laughs> I, I do agree with you. I think people do have to try to figure out what the truth is, uh, despite the information that's out there. That The scientific method is truly not to prove yourself right, but to try to throw everything at it to try to prove yourself wrong. That's why, okay, yeah. that's why the scientific method is so wonderful, because you you disprove it as often as you can. Whereas like the, the normal person tries to prove themselves right as often as they can. So it's, it's antithetical to, I guess, normal human behavior, which is good. Yes. But But, beside that gut biome, sorry, tangent. You're good. So um, you basically can, the Pangeic explanation is that at one point, everything was a form of Africa. We were, you know, uh, in this small place and then we eventually migrated out. And not only did we migrate, but all of the land masses migrated out. And then because of our position to the equator in the prime meridian, that's how you get different races of people. It's an adaptation to the environment. So okay. um, northerners would have smaller nostril holes because when you, that's why when you get in the shower, you're out of breath. If you get into a cold mm-hmm. shower, you're like, because it takes less cold air to breathe in. That's why people need so they needed regions. more, right. Narrow. Yeah. This is a th- th- this shows in um, Ethiopian runners. Is that right? Nigerian runners as well, as they are uh, conditioned by their environment to have smaller joints and mm-hmm. uh, more surface area, thinner, longer uh, muscle bodies, so yeah. that they uh, they can 
uh, the, the, the um, wind passing over them or something like that helps cool them down in the extreme heat. Yeah, yeah. So their, their, their bodies over the years are more fit for that because that was, their, that was what their environment allowed them to do. And right. so it wasn't until like, what, the 1300s that we started mass migrating. So you would have, let's say, a person from Mongolia right? Mm -hmm. And a person from Kenya would have sex now and have a baby. Like that would never have happened before because you don't get Mongolian people by allowing every culture in. We were segregated by technology. We didn't have the technology to leave. So you're talking about thousands of years of only Mongolian people breeding got all Mongolian people. Now that we're able to travel. Gut biomes used to eating a certain way then. Only things that were local, flora and fauna, that were local mm-hmm. to their area. So now a Kenyanese person and a Mongolian would have a baby. And we know that the zygotic expression would split down the middle halfway. That would be half black, half Mongolian. Maybe they would have curly hair. Maybe they'd have straight hair. Maybe they'd have big eyes. Maybe they'd have small eyes. Maybe that bridge expression at the top of their nose would show. Maybe it wouldn't, right? So mm-hmm. that's what we but- know. But what is that baby supposed to eat? Because there sure as fuck wouldn't be cabbage or rice in Kenya, right? Like, right. I, I, I don't actually know, but we, I, I, let's just say it this way. I can assume that there are things in Kenya that a Mongolian person would never have access to and vice versa. Right. So, so does, it, does their gut biome then mix and they, they require elements of the same? Well, like think about it. Yeah, like, well... So like we were seeing nut allergies, we're seeing soy allergies, we're seeing mm-hmm. meat, meat, not working with people properly. There's only so many people that had cattle and ate cattle regularly where some other people ate horse or you go to the Inuit okay. Indians up North, they only eat seal and fish and whale blubber. You know what I mean? Right. So yes. their diet is going to be completely different, but now that we're breeding, which is great, obviously, but this is probably something we didn't take into consideration. You have Germanic people mixed with Native American people, mixed with Irish people, mixed with Icelandic people, mixed with, you know, Northern African people. And so it causes changes in diets for all of them as well, or things that possibly could cause them harm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if we don't have the antibodies to break down some of the foods that we're eating because they're enzymes, not I think you mean. enzymes. Yeah. If, if, if we aren't breaking these things down properly, because we, for thousands of generations, never had access to these things, right. then you might get a gluten allergy. You might get a milk allergy. Maybe it's nothing we're doing to the gluten. Maybe it's the simple fact that our bodies don't have proper antigens or enzymes to break these things right. down or putting things in our, that's why a, a, a vegan diet will work for some people. And it won't work for other people. That's why a meat diet will work with okay. people. And yeah. Some people it won't, you know. Have you heard of xanthan gum? Yes. I use it for thickening, right? Yeah, it's a thickener. Okay. Okay, yes. It was formerly, and for the longest time, it had no nutritional value uh, on our RDA. And it is now being considered that they will have to give more study into this because they have found, I, I forget the percentage. I'm going to just make something up. <laughs> Okay. It seems right. Okay. <laughs> it seems about right. About, you know, 15 to 20% of the population have a gut biome, a microbiotic or probiotic, whatever it is that eats xanthan gum mm. and, di- and now digests it. So some people by their uh, exposure to it, probably, I mean, it probably didn't exist prior, but it shows possibly an evolutionary uh, mode of, of the gut biome. 
is that now that we're eating so much of this xanthan gum, it's in, found in like everything as a thickener. Yeah. Uh, it, it a good thickener because I believe it's it doesn't. Ha- um, it's not like a, it bacteria doesn't really grow in it or whatever, right? So it, it'll, it'll stay on the shelf a little bit better too. Nice, like a, like a preservative. Yeah, possibly nice or possibly, man, we probably shouldn't put this in our body. Huh? It doesn't break down. Weird. Think we yeah. just poop it out, huh? And but, it's, we, now, it's also strange to think, too, that 1865 was only like 100 and, what is that, 150 years ago, 160 years ago? We yeah. were making clothes out of a loom. That was two grandpas ago. We were making clothes out of a loom. We didn't have refrigerators. You know what I mean? So we're, we're doing a lot of things differently now. Where well, that's what I was going to think about too, because I wouldn't want to place, all, or I wouldn't know, I, I would be curious to place too much or a significant amount on my mixing of gut biomes and how I'm supposed to eat different things uh, based on how I'm feeling bad, I guess, because of the eating these, because there's also in many of the things that you mentioned, there's a very bad process of getting those things to me, basically. So, like, me. Um, coming to me oftentimes now full of antibodies, they're living in their own filth. And that's why they yeah. give them so many antibodies. They don't uh, use their, they, they don't use them possibly properly to grow other grains too. And so now we use chemical fertilizers as opposed to holistically using the migration of the cows to help plant the seeds, blah, blah, blah type stuff, right? Yeah. But because of all those different fucked up non-holistic i don't even know if that's the right word or a real one in this case but if those non-holistic things in the process of getting my food to me that could be where the trouble lies in in uh my diet in americans food blob uh, diet you know yeah, it's I, I think the, the point of the, the study was that we shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket saying um, it's just GMOs and it's just um, it's just antibiotics and it's just steroids like those things. Okay. We have a hypothesis. Right. We, there's obviously a hypothesis that those things are bad. But if we did everything organically, we could still we- be eating out of our actual nature where, right. you know, for for not that long. Um, we've been seafaring and, and migrating to different places and we might be eating food. Like you ever think it's weird? Like we get pineapple and avocado completely out of siege season all the time. Like maybe that's not good, even if it is organic and, 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 and perfect and without well, GMOs and without uh, steroids. I have heard a lot of hippy dippy people telling me that you're not supposed to have fruit that is not in season. If it's not in your local but uh, man, I like bananas. I mean, I don't yeah. even get. You can't even grow a banana in Michigan. Should think I not have bananas? Hmm? Think about this: if you were a culture or a, not a culture, um, I guess that would be ethnic background of a place that didn't have bananas near you geographically because they have to be grown in like tropical regions. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say your entire family is Icelandic. You would never have known what a banana is, and now you come to America and you eat a banana that's grown organically and perfectly and everything. You have a lineage of not knowing what the fuck a banana is. That's how mm-hmm. all those Native Americans died to the Spanish. They didn't have the proper um, defenses for chicken pox or measles or whatever it was. Okay. And then they all died. They all died because there was something that we had that they didn't have. And so you think about that with food. Like 
there could be problems in eating outside right. of our you Some know herd so immunity the, to these foods that we eat we might actually just be immune to them despite their being harmful to others mm-hmm, and and harmful to others and causing a lot of things like depression like anxiety like any other thing that's caused by inflammation because we're not supposed to be eating it it's a whole crazy so topic, did you want to eat your fingers less when you had all the when you saw somebody's artwork that was beautiful when you had a when you're on your meat diet where you're less critical of yourself <laughs> No, hell no. They never went away okay. ever. No, okay. I was still. Like, I always want to eat my sure. fingers. Maybe they just taste good. <laughs> did you Probably. suck your thumbs when you were a kid? <laughs> I definitely I was amazed did. at your at, at your um, faith in your teeth. Because I just don't think I'd be able to get through a knuckle even, you know, let alone the bone. Oh, you mean eating bone? Yeah, eating finger. Yeah. I mean, how would you even start? I would have to, you would fillet it, right? It just sounds painful. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think I just skip it. I, I I'm not. a terrible bone eater, but yeah, I love your trickle away from. <laughs> you don't eat the bone. What about that dinger? <laughs> I'm finding <laughs> meaning in life. Is uh, it, you feel that finding meaning in life that is the meaning of? It. Yeah, yeah. That is not think unlike that's... uh the the character in City Slickers, a movie that, that I'm sure you didn't watch actually. It's a reference that will be completely lost on you. Why don't okay. you go to a fucking movie once? Actually, skip it. Um, <laughs> but the uh, Palance, Jack Palance, played a character, mm-hmm. and he explained to the city slicker that came out for a weekend at the ranch to, you know, rough it and to kind of get a, a grip on life, that life was about one thing. And then the next day he died. He never really told him what that one thing was. But I think that was it, right? Life's about finding that one thing for you. Yeah. And it's probably a lot harder for us because we don't have to worry about survival nearly to the same degree as, you know, 150 years ago. So it used to be that your meaning of life was to have children so that they could take care of you when you're older and the rest of your life was just survival. And we don't have that anymore. So I think it's more imperative now that we try to figure out what that meaning is. But fuck, man, it's like optional overload out here. It's like, find meaning with what? Like, I don't even know what I like. You know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed right. to be doing? Well, you know, um, the boot, and I, I think I misinterpret this a lot, actually. Uh, I've, <laughs> but one of the uh, noble truths, possibly, of the Buddha is that your purpose in life is to limit suffering, your own suffering. Mm. But to limit your own suffering, of course, you need to limit other people's suffering too. So it's kind of a pay it forward thing, you know? Like yeah. your community is all going to feel like you're not going to shop in a nice neighborhood if you ain't paying it forward a bit. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, You know, there's a thought there too that he points out that many people would think that human nature is greedy and it only wants its own. So like a baby starts crying immediately for food until it's satiated. Right. Yeah. But the baby's first food doesn't even sustain it. The cholesterol from the breast is, uh, is just to help start the whole process of making nutrients for it to eat. So it's first few meals only alleviates pain from its mother. Holy shit. So truly, the baby may not see it as, and it may not be more, oh, all about me. It may be more symbiotic, right? So like this baby 
is with the mother, easing its pain. And then if you think about bringing a baby into a room, generally, the baby's like, hey, man, there's some fucked up shit going on in this room. Really, really downer in here. Okay. Let me show you the way this is done. Okay. I'm going to fart a little bit. I'm going to smell like shit. I'm going to smile a lot. You're going to love it. You're all going to fucking love it. Okay. Look at me being a baby. And that's one of the first experiences the baby ever really gets. It, I mean, when a baby's brought in the room, most people are like, oh, fuck, party's over. You know what I mean? So yeah, the baby's yeah. experience in a social gathering still generally is one of helping people out or, you know, lending to the mood. I could see that. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's not no, here nor it's... there really on the meaning of life, but I like to keep that so that I don't have an imagination that the world is such a shitty place. Well, it kind of is, but I think that's good <laughs> though, because I, I genuinely do like, you ever you follow a, a page? Um, there's a thing called Nature is Metal. You ever seen that? No, I think I've heard of this. It's the worst shit in the world. Okay, it's yeah. Like, it's gazelles getting eaten by by crocodiles, kind of stuff, right? Alive for hours, and it's not the whole hours thing, but it'll be like, you know, mother birds eating eating their babies because there's not enough nutrients or right. there's this condor that has two babies and it, it basically agitates them until they fight. And whichever one looks like it'll win the fight. It pecks the other one to death and throws it from the nest. Like, well, that's also a survival of the fittest kind of thing. No, we have lost that for sure. We have, we have <laughs> lost that. And it's, and it's probably good that we've lost it because we've lost it yeah, because it we makes replaced us... it with compassion. Yes. Yes. I was going to say more humanity. There's exactly. a, there is a, something else about the uh, Nigerian runners um, that is about their physiology that makes them better runners than anybody else in the world. In uh, some time, I'm going to make up years, 1985, only five people in the world could run a five minute mile. Okay. And then after we opened up uh, in Nigerians, these certain tribe in nigeria found out about running or whatever and they run all over in the mountains and they have this genetic disposition that's better for running because their joints are lighter and so not heavier like if you carried a five pound weight when you ran uh, it would be a lot harder to do that in your hands than it would be if you put it on your shoulders right okay S same thinking in ankles and knees if you have thinner joints in that fashion you'll be a better runner and uh, if you have longer uh, body muscle bodies you'll you'll uh, be able to um, have more air flow and transference of surface area so you'll sweat less but also there is another part of of the that makes them better runners they all go through a horrific circumcision that depends on whether or not they will ever breed inside of the village and <clears throat> not just the men the females go through a horrific time too they're literally tortured or have been. I, I don't know if it's still going on now that they got TikTok. Maybe it's different. But um, they, uh, for one week, they like live in a hut. They're only allowed to run everywhere they go. Um, they they put themselves through all kinds of tortures, like uh, hot baths, cold baths, or just crazy shit, right? To get ready for this process. Then they smear mud on their face. And they put them in the place and they're explained the mud's there. After it dries, if it cracks, then you do not pass. You are not a man. You cannot fuck. You do not procreate. You're carrying water for everybody. 
So the kid's been torturing himself for weeks for this moment. And many of them do not crack the mud as they insert. uh, (laughs) While he's all awake, no Novocaine, they insert a stick. This is my rudimentary understanding into the foreskin and poke a hole in in one or possibly both sides of it and then twist it upon itself until it eventually breaks off or cuts and their foreskin is then gone. But if they don't pass this, if they if they show in other parts of the tribes that don't smear the um, if they ever wince at all, they begin beating them with sticks. <clears throat> How wonderful. We should embrace all cultures. <laughs> well, <laughs> this has transpired in after they were allowed to run in uh, after they, you know, not that they were so kept out, but after, you know, the world's getting smaller and people come to the Olympics and they go to the Olympics. It's like 17 of these of these people from these tribes or from this lineage mm-hmm. begin running five minute miles, like only five people up to one point and like 17 of them in a year. And it's because th- when they encounter pain, right, the pain that you feel from your lungs, not being able to transfer oxygen properly because you have just ran so much lactic acid inside of it. Well, they can deal with this pain far better than anyone else. So they just ran. Jesus Christ, man. They're, I, I, they're fucking like superhuman. Yeah. Yes. Because of the torture. So I, I so when I think about a, a vulture being like, all right, you guys fight it out. You know, you kind of think about Joker being like, there's one position, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, oh, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't see the movie either. Damn you. But uh, you're going to uh, feel this. I saw the newest Batman. Um, you see the one where where uh, Heath Ledger was the Joker then and he had. No, I, I saw very little of it. I didn't like Heath Ledger, okay. to be honest. No, no, not at all. Not at as all. A, as an actor, as a person. When did you meet? Um, were you mad at him I, because of I a knight's liked- tale? I held that against him for a long time, too. No, I don't. What is the nice? <laughs> is that another thing he's been in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. A, oh, yeah. He, no, uh, he, he's a fantastic actor. I just don't like him as Joker specifically. Okay. Just I think he made a good maniac, but I don't mm. think he made a good Joker. And I don't know if it's. I was there with you, brother. I think yeah, everybody jumps on this stuff and they just they're told to love it. So love it. But I missed a little bit of humor. Like, I think I some of the stuff was funnier. Or could have been. I liked Caesar Romero, and I would like it to be a more maniacal Caesar Romero. Like everything makes him laugh. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, Mark Hamill, who's the guy who plays Luke Skywalker, is the one who does, also does the Joker's voice in the animated series and in the video games. And the video games are the best Joker because it's the perfect mix of crazy and psychotic and you watch his emotions warp and then he gets devious and then he gets playful like that's what i wanted to see and i felt like heath ledger was just a maniac he wasn't he he was he was a good psychopath he did a great job but it wasn't a joker for me yep you're preaching to the choir here a bit especially (laughs) when you talk about mark hamill luke skywalker being the best also, Mark Hamill, another Joker. comic book hero. Are you familiar with his role as Cockknocker? What? No. That <laughs> sounds great. No. I want it to be my new name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, in, in the movie, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He plays Cockknocker. 
and he tells you about his origin story. He's like, where did you get that? And he's like, well, funny story, actually. And then he just punches you in the nuts. Oh, my fucking God. I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> Talk knocker. I like talking forget. to you in these fashions sometimes because it's, it's almost like it was my joke now. I'll get there right into it and I should, we should probably actually clean it up to, or, or get ready to wrap it up too. I should probably okay. hit on some of these questions in front of me that Candy wrote and I haven't asked a single one because I've had We've blast. been blabbing like crazy. But let me do one, two, three. Dude, I want to, I think one day I should just hang around you and just make popular culture reference jokes that you'll have no, and you will just attribute to me and be like, oh, that Kyle's a funny guy. <laughs> the guys at my shop do it all the time because all of them watch movies religiously right and so they'll all make these things and i'm like wow they're so clever and then they're like oh no it's from a movie and i'm like you have no personality <laughs> you fucking sheep <laughs> well there's some questions here from fans uh oh nice most are comments actually that you should have been in the top three many people feel that you were robbed from it i i I agree somewhat. Um, you know, I love Maddie and I love sausage and I'm learning to, <laughs> to, uh, to like that other guy a little more too, Scott. I'm sorry. I, I lost his name, but I'm he was learning a great through. villain. Mm-hmm. He was a great villain. I think that's, um, and I was supposed to be the other guy against, him, you know, but that didn't work mm-hmm. in the end too. You know, there was a lot of fear that I had, uh, for the very day and I'm almost glad it came like that because I, I would have been so scared to have to ha- uh, do a challenge against you. Uh, it was, we were coming up to where it was, they were going to, they were trying to already make that. Do you remember when, um, when Nunez, not Nunez, when uh, Navarro, when you did a turtle cover up on that girl's butt cheek and Navarro uh-huh. said in the critique, he said something like, were you just trying to show Kyle? How, how a turtle was supposed to be done. <laughs> Do you recall that? that? Yeah. You took offense that I could, you know, it seemed as though you're like, dude, no, what? Like it didn't even dawn on, right? No, and then no, at that moment, I begin seeing something too. I started to imagine that they were framing this storyline. And at one point it has me going up against my friend, doesn't it? That would have been like, awesome. For you, <laughs> you well, still had well, your dignity, your, your sanity. I think I look at everyone at their their strengths sometimes too, and like you mm. have a very think outside of the box. Um, I, I I think you surprise people. You know what I mean? And that's really tough because with sausage and Maddie and Scott, like I know what I'm going up against but you're so versatile. like don't know, you know what I mean? So if you were to do a back piece, I can't tell you what you're going to do that this typical Kyle thing. Cause you're, <laughs> you're too well versed to be able to pin. Well, so I, I think know you're what the, what I'm than, do either. <laughs> That's just, I don't know what I would have done with the back piece. Every time I was given it, I feel like I would, I need the client for all of these things, you know, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think we know what everyone else would have done, but no one knows exactly. Like, I don't know what you would have done. And I think that put me at like a type of, I would rather have competed with you for that reason because right you would have surprised me. Well, I was, uh, I was disappointed by the, the way it played out by the way. Um, 
your your removal over something that you had already done just didn't set with me. And I'm not trying to say who I think should have went home. I don't know. You know, I'm friends with everybody there. But be like, okay, well, we've seen it before. It's like, oh, it does not have value. Like, is it good like before? Oh, good. So I'm consistent. That's yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the flowers. Yes. Yeah. They, well, they, they didn't have a good rhetoric for why I should have changed it. Cause I, I tried telling them in the very end where they were like, well, you did flowers the first time, you know, it's kind of redundant. Couldn't you have added the flowers to something else? And I was in front of them and I said, well, one of them lost her, her, her breasts to cancer and, and, and lived through it. And then, you know, it has mm. these, these scars, mastectomy scars. And the other one has children that she's trying to represent with their birth flowers. Which one of those do you find unimportant enough that I should have told them to change their idea to win a competition? <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm standing by that. Like I, at, at some point the show is the show and that's wonderful and cool. And we're all cool. Cause we were on TV but on another hand, like, and I'm not trying to play like the high and mighty card. I'm really not, but I truly feel this way. At some point, our responsibility is to the tattoo and to the client. Yes. And I don't give a fuck about that show more than I give a fuck about trying to give them what they wanted because it's for their ego, not mine. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be on them forever, way past the show, way past when everybody, you know, we get our five minutes of fame and nobody knows who the fuck I am anymore. And that's fine. Right. These women still have to live with this. And I would just hope that I didn't sell them off to get what I wanted instead of trying to give them what they wanted, since what they wanted meant something to them. Like, I, I cannot fathom that idea. So if I get kicked off for that, like, I'm fine with that. Like still sleep fine tonight. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'll sell myself a little bit, my guy, but I'm not going to sell myself completely. Like at some point I still have to live with myself at the end of the day. So did if I, how much rent do the judges have inside of your head to the, you know, left? Did, did they ever have any? Uh, n- no, because I think going into it, I, I think I imagined that they like, I, I'm trying to like think of the way to word this, but I didn't think that all of their critiques were, were critical because of the art. I thought that it was a symbiotic relationship between the story producers and who they wanted to keep and who they could utilize. And then that got translated into verbiage against the tattoo because any tattoo looks like shit when it's six feet tall on a screen. Like you you can't find one that looks good. So I think if you blow it up big enough, you'll see a problem for sure. Yeah. And like, it, 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 it's it's every tattoo in the world. We're lucky enough that most of the tattoos we see are on a screen the size of the palm of our hand. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. almost all of them. So, and, and very rarely secondary to that, we see them in person, which is to size. We never see tattoos six foot by four foot. So like all of them look bad. And I think that basically the relationship between the judges is a relationship to the people who the story producers can use. Well, listen, we want Bubba to leave. So Bubba did a perfectly good tattoo, but blow it up the size of the screen and point out a couple flaws and say, you should have known better because we can't use Bubba. Um, I think going into You're that, you not giving knew, an exact example there necessarily. Are you? It well, no, no, not at all. Okay. Um, no, but I, I, but uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I am like, 
in this specific moment, but it probably could translate into like, I saw perfectly fine tattoos that they would critique. And then I would, instead of, would have, instead of evaluating the tattoo, I would evaluate the human. Why, why are they letting go this person and not this person when this tattoo is better, but it's like, oh, this person's kind of boring or this person mm. doesn't really talk very much or they don't have a lot of good. Um, what is so it you were already yeah. imagining the man behind the curtain was going to be pulling the strings. For sure. Yeah. Like, so I, I knew that going into it. Did you see your storyline at any point as um, not going to the finale? Did you did, did you try to get in front of it and control it anyway? Yeah, but every time I did, I felt inauthentic. So I, I, I tried to play around a little bit. I noticed it first during the X-Men challenge and that Pitbull portrait I did. So I came into a room when they were saying, oh, Halo, why didn't Halo win the color portrait challenge? I thought you were the guy that did color portraits. And then I can't remember what the fucking chick's name was, but she was like, Halo, how does it feel to lose at something you're known for? And uh, I was like, a producer says, yeah, that. I was, yeah, I, it was the, the girl. I can't remember what her name was. And you I was see like, the one without the chin. <laughs> she might've been the one with the chin. No, it wasn't. Well, there was Andrea was the main one. No, not. I, I, there was one girl there that was just kind of like, she looked like a, a I don't know, a, a bulldog or something. She had like no chin in these jowls and she just seemed like a frumpy kind of, terrible Did she person have squinty eyes and was always disheveled yes okay so that <laughs> that was her okay so i just like, when yeah. you said that somebody said that i was like i know who it was it was that hateful hateful bitch Anyways, yeah go on. i couldn't stand her dude so she she was saying that and i was instantly instead of responding i was like you're not going to catch me on tv saying that because when you right. cut it it's going to look like i'm complaining mm -hmm. and i'm not going to complain and i was like look it is what it is. Like I'll win the next one. And so I left the room and I went into the bathroom and they went into the pool room, which was right next to our room. And they shot a scene with sausage and Maddie or sausage and no Scott and Maddie. And they said, so I could hear it. How do you guys feel about Halo? It doesn't really feel like his head's in the game. I mean, he doesn't really feel like he's even here. Like if he doesn't give a fuck, then why is he here? And I was like, you motherfuckers, man. Like, and they like they're going to get that loud. conversation somehow. Yeah. So if you watch episode five again, the very beginning of that thing, because uh, that's that's the one I wanted to see, because I know for a fact I took my mic off. I took my mic off and I went up to them and I was like, that's y'all are some fucking y'all are full of shit. Yeah, that's it's a uh, mic funny. Yes. Yeah. And my shirt time. is open. My shirt is and open. Somebody too. runs in real quick with a boom mic. Then is what happened. Huh? They're like, get exactly. a boom mic in there. Halo's going rogue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was, and, and, and so the, I can't remember what his name was. The guy who did jujitsu, our story producer, he yeah, came up Tori, and he was like, Turbos. Kyle, yeah, Turbos. Kyle, he came up to me and was like, what the fuck was that? You know, you're not supposed to touch your mic. Why right. did you take your mic off? And I said, because I wanted to let them know that, that this wasn't for the camera. Like, fuck those two, because they're playing <laughs> into a fucking game that they know they're playing into. Right. Like, right. like, it's not fuck me for real, but it's fuck me as soon as the cameras are on. Like that's some that's some but whore shit. Doesn't that then, like like, wouldn't that be why you didn't go to if if you were studying it and to evaluate why people didn't make it and it wasn't based on their good tattoos? Like we we saw two beautiful flower tattoos from you. It wasn't based on your flower tattoos, but do you believe that it had to do with that moment? 
Like, um, well, that I mean, that moment was episode five, but but to to well, to they break get an down, idea how to go then because honestly, there was the X Men day and you did the best tattoo, hands down. I don't know, was it Maddie really talks about uh, that Patrick Stewart as being really good, but the two X Men, the Wolverines, were not the best tattoos done that day. That's for sure. No, but they but they were synonymous with the guest judge, and I think that's that's why they were pinned up with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that they probably coached one of them to get each other to do the Wolverine. Like I, I really do because you they think that somebody, little... somebody went by Maddie possibly and was like, dude, don't you think it'd be really good? Who are you going to give it to? You think it'd be good to go up against somebody strong to prove how good you are? Something like that. And, and, and at that point, Maddie had already stated that he was winning by affiliation and not necessarily, I don't, I don't want to say by his own merits. Cause I don't want to put Maddie down. Everyone mm. has their strategy, but Maddie right. had basically stated that he was trying to win by proxy that like, why would he make an enemy with one of the strongest artists there, which it, it, it is what it is, right? Like right. that's not my strategy, but that's a strategy and it works. Um, right. But so Kyle came to me almost like, so now are you the type of guy that just doesn't say shit when everyone has anything? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, that's all we've got because they're talking shit about you and we have that on camera and you're not talking shit back to them. So that's the type of dude you are. You're a pussy. And I was like, fuck <laughs> him. He's like, get the fuck out there and fucking tell them. And I was like, oh, you know, like I, <laughs> I had this new energy, like this is what we right. play for, you know, like, <laughs> okay. Yes. And that energy won me the entire episode. I won both those challenges that day. Mm-hmm. And the first on one a adult- day that it's perfect for you. St- but you did great tattoos. You did do great tattoos on those. Days too. Yeah, I, I, I definitely tried on both of them. But I do feel like that pitbull to be a logo. It was a pitbull with the words courage. I don't feel like that was worthy of winning against. Okay. What I was going up against, like I, I forgot we were doing logos. Yeah, remember it was supposed to be for like the Taco Bell, like. And it was supposed to be like this logo. And the girl was like, I love my dog. And, you know, I wanted the words courage under it. And I'm like, this is never going to win, nor should it. If if we're we're playing by good tattoo, then sure, maybe it would have won. But it didn't fit the challenge. And somehow it fit me being irate and pissed off and going after people. Right. And And then having something like, well, that that was the whole story for you. It was like, you got me fired up and I'm winning. And then they had you saying something like that too, where you're like, that that just got me fired up. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm gonna do it more and more. And then I think it was the the Halo, Halo gets revenge or something like that was the name of the episode. And I was like, Oh wow, nice. Oh god. Yeah, or Halo Strikes Back or something. It was something silly like that. <laughs> um, so what I think the way that they were trying to run the story at one point was Maddie and Scott had a very strong portfolio to back them up and they were teaming up with each other. And I was the only one that was like, yo, fuck both of you. Like I, I there, there's only going to be one winner. I don't mind, but I, I don't think I said that enough because mm-hmm. I was trying to also win on merits. Like I didn't want a clip of me saying something shitty like right. the, like the, I'll, I'll cut someone's throat for a hundred grand. Like, <laughs> That you said that, thing. and as soon as you said it, you were like, <sighs> "Yeah, <laughs> they're going to use that." And you told me you were like, "That's not me. Why did I? Why did I say that?" Well, I think mm. because we were using two contexts. We were using throw people under the bus and and cut someone's throat, 
And I was like, I mean, if it's between you or me, I've cut someone's throat for a hundred grand, meaning I would give you a bad skull pick or I'd give you a shitty tattoo. Right. Not, you know what I mean? Not like I will take a knife and I will and go crazy. On you. Like, oh my God. I heard about him in butter knives with throats, man. Frat parties <laughs> or something. Somebody's getting stabbed. That's what I know. You did a good <laughs> job bringing all those together. That was comedic value. <laughs> oh, good. They call that. They, that's a, that's a callback. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, you studying job. comedy, are you? Uh, I listen to a bunch of comedians. Like, I'm a podcast junkie. And oh. um, yeah, I know. I'm a Joe Rogan listener. I, I'm so sorry, everyone. But is that a, you got to apologize to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I have to. But I think when people hear you listen to Joe Rogan, they have a thought about you. But I've been listening to him for, right. the, I mean, since episode one. Um, right. So I personally like him, but he, he, he brings it. up comedy all the time. I don't not like him at all myself. I kind of, I, but it is now exactly what you said. It's, it, it brings up a thought suddenly because he is yeah. this thing now and you got to hate him supposedly, <laughs> or you got to love him. You can't be drawn somewhere in the middle. You can't accept that somebody would be full of flaws and possibly grow from them and move on. <laughs> it's not possible. Yeah. They're yeah. always this person and you are always that person. So hate him. I think the thing I like about him the most is every time he's wrong, he admits it. And that's to me, that's very, very beautiful to see someone do that, to have a um, respect for themselves enough to admit when they were wrong and mm -hmm. expose themselves to the new version of themselves. I mean, that's a that's not an easy thing to do especially mm -hmm. nowadays. So it's, it's a wonderful People thing. People don't get a lot of the, so if I, if I just go off my news feeds, very mm -hmm. few times does, I, I don't think I've ever seen an article that says Joe Rogan admits he was wrong about, but however, <laughs> I did, they do have Joe Rogan apologizes about this or that, like the N word one. But that you saw it was also so that you could still carry on the outrage. You could still get some clicks <laughs> off of the outrage. You know, oh, yeah. is he apologize? I don't care about his apology. Bullshit, blah, blah, blah. No, like, I, I took a ex exception with the fact that it was so taken out of context. For sure. It was such an obvious hit on somebody who one week prior had made statements that people it got the statements about COVID he had made about a week prior or allowed to be made uh, by Robert Malone on his program blew mm -hmm. the internet up and everybody's mad at him. Well, now somebody's looking for some dirt. Somebody goes and compiles this stuff, right? Yep. And it was obvious out of context. One case was, and I don't know about everyone. I didn't try to bother because fuck it, right? Why am yeah. I going to research all your other hate <laughs> so that I can try and diffuse your confusion? I'm not, but one of them was a joke that I there I could tell it was a Chris Rock joke that Chris Rock joke said about um, there are N words and there are N words. And that's how I have to say it now, because we're not all ready to take me being able to have full use of or to remove myself. I can't explain this joke enough to say it is a joke because somebody can <laughs> will take the context and the actual word that I said and just be like, oh, I said the word proven now yeah. it's, so just like that case you know what i mean so one of them was a case where chris rock was explaining the, these differences be, between black people and n-words 
as he was describing, and he repeats the joke and then they cut the ends off of it. Yeah. Or actually, they, they actually used that bit of the joke because it's pretty inflammatory by itself without the context of the rest of the joke or him saying, I'm saying a Chris, hey, Chris Rock, Rock joke. joke. And I was like, how do we not get mad at the person who's trying to enrage me? Like, if you're trying to make me outraged, fuck you for doing so. When you by, achieve by your goal, one part of the story, yeah. You know what? Whatever it is, right? Let me just put it down to if you're trying to outrage me, fuck you, right? Yeah. Like my day didn't get better because of my outrage. <laughs> now, change might need to occur. And I'm not saying the outrage doesn't have its place because anger can create change. But when I see that you're manipulating, in a fashion to control my outrage. So then you can try and get me mad about some, or not even about the other thing. You're just trying to get me to say, this guy's bad now. Everything he says must be thrown out. And now there's no weight to the Robert Malone stuff. However, I could be wrong about this too, but my understanding is that he actually posted things contrary to the Robert Malone stuff that he, like he actually had the things that debunked the claims that Robert Malone made on his thing as links uh, on his yeah. podcast as links in his podcast. So you could research these things yourself. So as you're mad about him giving the platform to somebody to say these things that could possibly harm people and it became the context, he did do a due diligence to inform that these are one person's opinions and I make people eat horse cocks on TV. <laughs> Well, right. this is this is also the first time in, in, in Robert Malone and Joe Rogan and everyone's defense. Um, the scientific method is typically found out afterwards, but people are not typically present for the scientific method. So what I mean by that is like the scientific method expresses itself based on humiliation. We know that eventually we will be wrong. This is our best guess so far. And so people are claim that to be misinformation or disinformation when in reality, um, <laughs> this is the best we've got and we're going to make a hypothesis off of it. And then we have to wait for the data to come out before we know if this is good. Like we know right. now that putting people on ventilators wasn't necessarily good. It made sense at first, but with data, we realized, Oh shit, putting people on ventilators was actually killing them. Um, and, and that's just science at work. So, right. And so yeah. he was, he was, as you see it, he was part uh, during that. Cause you obviously watched the episode. For he sure, was, yeah part of that scientific process and posing questions that are necessary to that scientific process, but are going to make some people angry because they're political affiliations. Exactly. So there's a big difference between a science communicator and a scientist. And so scientists are trying to prove themselves wrong. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have Robert Malone's that basically do what is called the scientific method that people say as he's making this disinformation, he's not. The scientific method is trying to prove itself wrong. So you don't have a bunch of people that are saying, oh, this is right. This is right. This is right. It's like we have a guess. We think it's possibly airborne, but we didn't know if it was airborne the first three or four months. We didn't know shit about it. We had a guess that it was airborne, but we didn't know. Right. Is it, is, it, is it airborne on water droplets or is it airborne on, on, on gaseous particles? Like we had no clue. And you yeah, have yeah, we were wearing gloves at first. First, yeah, I mean, you're supposed to wear gloves. You're supposed to bleach your money. You're supposed to, in wipe my down opinion, your not that that's box. wrong. Uh, but because you like it. So um, here's I'm, stupid analogy. 
but I'm at the red light district. District. That's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck a hooker because I'm yeah, at the red light district. All right. So now candy. she has a thing that says she is clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm still wearing a rubber. Makes sense, right? So Plausible. like, and I I felt like. The, with the unknown now maybe if i've been to her several times right i don't know maybe maybe i could decide that i don't want right but at the beginning of the pandemic it's like fucking a hooker with no rubber if you didn't wear like just wear the gloves put on the mask be careful motherfuckers we're not sure but there were people that then also um tried to armor that like well you guys didn't know from the beginning everything that's how science works. (laughs) (laughs) They admitted they didn't know everything in the beginning. So I think, I think both cases are, I think both sides are correct simultaneously. And we, we stood on top of our soapboxes and screamed at each other from them. Uh, It, it might not be that bad is also a possibility. This could be terrible is also a possibility, but it's, it's difficult for us to tell each other. The science says because science is subject to change. So we're having an argument about information that is subject to right. change. Mm-hmm. That's a weird argument. That's a really Many weird people, argument. Uh, with anger towards Fauci, I kept noticing that, that they would be mad at his changing rhetoric, which alerted me to not necessarily take the same opinion because I felt like, well, you can't really be mad at the progression of science, right? Like yeah. It, it works kind of at its pace and it really shows a disinterest in understanding it. And then if I were to take somebody who doesn't have a desire to understand this and make their reality, my reality, I could be in a bad spot. Well, and, 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 and that goes on the other side too. So when you say trust the science, which science, because it might change again, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's dude, it's, it's really difficult. It's different when you say trust the science and we have 10 years on it. It's also very different when you say trust the science and it's only been out for three months. Like, yeah, I don't know that I recognize that I said trust the science, but that was that was a a catchphrase, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, it was a mantra for a while. (laughs) Okay. yes. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Like Missy's terrified of the vaccine. Terrified. Can I say. And I say, why, Missy? And she goes, because I'm scared because I want to have babies one day. And I don't know if this will harm my reproductive system. So then I go online and I go, let me find out if it does. And there's no data on it. Phase three testing for Pfizer ends on May 2nd of 2023. That's when phase three testing ends. So I can't tell her, shut the fuck up, Missy. This this won't do anything because I don't know. And no one can tell her. The only thing we can wait for is data. So I just say, listen, babe, like you do what you feel is is important for you and i back you up 100 percent because you're not you're not coming to me being like you know what fuck all that and fuck everything and i'm gonna turn a blind eye to all of this stuff it's like i can't give you that information and neither can you so right. until information comes out i'm with you 100 percent. so i'm i'm kind of in the same ballpark like let's say like pro-vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. I tattoo both of them. Mm -hmm. Pro-vaxxers feel like it is my civil duty to protect those around me so that I don't harm people. I go, that's a wonderful place to be. Fuck yeah, America. We're Mm -hmm. awesome. We care about our neighbors. And then anti-vaxxers are like, I don't want to take something that could harm me or my children. Fuck yeah, that's understandable. Pharmaceutical industries don't necessarily have the best track record, do they? 
Right. So both sides are actually saying good things. Which one's right, though? It's like, fuck, dude, I don't know. And I don't have enough information to tell you. So I just accept everyone exactly how they are. I can't imagine spending my time yelling at everyone for the decisions they're making when the decision that they're making is trying to create the most good for those around them. Now, if you came to me and you were like, I hope I get everyone fucking sick and that's why I'm not wearing a mask, (laughs) then you're a dick. (laughs) But I think that whenever we label people pro-vax, anti-vax, COVID denier, all these things, I think what we're not doing is listening and saying why. And then right. when they have something, go, well, let me let me supply you with information and then you supply me with your information and then we'll find out the credibility of our arguments and and, and, right. see, and test how well they stand. Like, we don't do that with each other anymore. It's, you know? it's, it's not that often for sure. I, I've, I felt one way, certainly at the beginning, and my own opinion was you get vexed because it, if nothing else, it has the intention of helping others. And mm-hmm. I'm a strong individual. Um, I'm already... I've already had my nuts snipped. I'm not worried about, you know, uh, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, fucking full on party here, man. No, no babies. Um, but yeah, I'm not, uh, so I'm not, uh, worrying as much about it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it through the vaccine. And if it can help my population get to uh, a goal of, uh, closer to herd immunity, then cool. I'll, I'll suffer those. However, I, I didn't, I mean, and as they are, there was what, there's like no real information coming out for like 72 years, I thought, on uh, on Uh, studies of the possible harmful effects. No. So that was, that was if they wanted all of it right away, because I think, I think that, and I could be wrong on this. Someone Mm -hmm. will fact check me and fucking, and run me through the ringer with it. But I also don't know before I say this, I think that the, the rhetoric was, we don't have enough people on staff to be able to find all of this information. We have to go to different hospitals and take tests and it would take us this long okay. at the rate we are at now. It would be okay. better to do and- a consensus, which is typically what phase three testing does through like um, the CDC and shit like that. I mean, you can go to clinicaltrials.gov, type in Pfizer and then look at the end date for phase three. You go to cdc.gov and you say, um, what is phase three testing? It's given to thousands of, of applicants for um, to test for efficacy and safety. So, I mean, we're all on the same page here. We don't know shit. So whatever that makes you do, I think as long as your intentions are good, um, yeah. it's up to you. If your intention is you don't want to harm your children, I can't really argue about you with that. I'm not a, I'm not an, a, a scientist. I can't say, well, right. look at the data. Or tell you which um, direction you have to go. Um, yeah. Man, I keep on promising to, to keep this short and to let you go soon. <laughs> what, what is your time frame like? Are, are we? I'm good, man. I don't have a. Okay. Yeah, I'm having I'm, a great time that. talking to you. So that's, I'm just kind of checking the weather too. So yeah. Like, uh, I can talk for ever. I'm okay. like you, dude. I Sometimes I don't know when to shut the fuck up. So you're in good company. Okay. Well, feel free to stop this when, whenever you're like, dude, I've got this. Feel free and we're <laughs> going to make real seamless just to give you that. Um, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. about well, something you were talking on, about uh, mm-hmm. educating the public versus okay. and, then, and then letting them speak, which I, I do yeah. agree with. Um, it's like seatbelts, right? So like, uh, I don't like that my car buzzes at me to tell me to put my seatbelt on because fuck you. If I want to die, I want to die. Maybe my family's the people that were, hey, hey, dad, we'd love to have you. Now I feel like, oh, you know what? God bless you. But fuck my yeah. goddamn dinger ass car for telling me it. And fuck whoever made that a law. 
so that I got to have a dinger in my goddamn car. Sometimes yeah. I just listen to it. It goes out in my Ford. It goes off every minute on the clock. And it's like, I just time my trip now. <laughs> Seven minute trip to Home Depot. Not bad. Considering noon traffic. I, I agree with you. I think though, that like what you were saying about educating the public, I think there has to be something that allows people to know how to research something properly. Cause I, remember we were talking yeah. about like why I had to get offline there would be people who would show me bills and then I would go to congress.gov. I would go to, mm -hmm. you know, like, like the website. And I would, I would ask the person they were like, this is a fucking bill. And I'm like, where though? And they're right. like, I just it's gave not. you the article. Well, any idiot can write a fucking article, bro. Like this right. is from the Washington post. It doesn't even name the bill, the number of the bill. So we can't even see if it's in front of Congress yet. And well, fuck you. You're probably a pro Trumper. I don't give a fuck about any of those presidents. <laughs> I only give a fuck about the truth and what you're telling me isn't the truth, or at least I can't right. find it. And then I asked him, I said, let me ask you something. How are bills made in this country? I don't have to answer that because you know, or because you don't know. <laughs> hey, wait, how really? do we make laws in this country? Like how are laws passed? I don't have time for your fucking bullshit. Fuck you. And you're probably uh, a bootlicker, blah, blah, blah. No uh, idea. Yeah, I got you. That's so sad. it's, it, it is because we, we, we share, I'll give you a real good one, dude. Missy sent me this article and she said uh, um, Subway subs is under a, a lawsuit because of the tuna content in their tuna. And then it said in the bold letters, turns out that less than 1% of the DNA found inside of their tuna is actually tuna. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, which lab did the DNA studies on it? It doesn't say. Right. That's weird. Where is the lab located? It doesn't say. That's also weird. According to studies, which fucking studies? Right. So I not go online mentioned. because no, no. So I went to um, I went to where their headquarters were, where the lawsuit was, because I'm assuming they had to be there. And uh -huh. I went to every single DNA study that I could find. There was no papers on it. So then I went to the lawsuit because the lawsuit is public record. Went to Los Angeles, found the lawsuit. The lawsuit was Subway. And this is a lot of energy to expend on this useless bit of well, go I, think, on. I think it was to, to prove a point to Missy. Right. Yeah. You know, you know? No, I see it. But this is where it also becomes monotonous where you're like, how could I keep this up at all times? But, but, but what, what did you find then? So I found the lawsuit and Subway was the plaintiff. And there was this company that started with a V. It wasn't like Viacom or Vox or something like okay. that. And they were the plaintiff saying, unless you can provide evidence of right. the name of this place. Mm -hmm then you've then you've got to desist and so then they all had to take it down but that's after like 13 or 14 publicists had posted it so you don't know if that was a hedge fund person trying to buy up a bunch of subway stock because if they could create right. some type of hype you don't know if it was a journalist who just got his foot in the door and maybe he wanted to make an impression and say look i have sixty thousand followers like i write good articles like you don't know you don't you know don't if know if it was John a mean magician who is simply Homie. trying to sow chaos inside of the the bandwidth of that subject so that other people tuned out. You're absolutely right. You don't know if it was deflection. Like, you don't know what it was, but what you do know is that you couldn't verify that if you fucking tried. So you can't come to me and tell me that Subway subs don't have tuna in their tuna. You can't do that because you don't know if that's true or not. Like, you can't go around right. telling people that at some point. Well, one thing that you could point out in the it, it is exactly what you just did. Um, when when you looked at this article, you first thing looked for. Uh, 
who the evidence was being provided by and you couldn't find it. And then you started to look for links as well. So those are two very first journalistic things that you would look for for a credible article is one, you would look for where are they saying their evidence is supported by. And then two, you're going to look for the link so that you can go check that article. Usually if it's saying this study, they should have that study like in blue and then you can yeah. go to that study. And if they don't, you, you do have to be curious. My, my concern, not concern, but my, like the part I never get is when, when we do determine that people are trying to fool us or to outrage us or to clickbait us for whatever purpose, why do we still allow them access to our life? We should block stop following, mm. uh, disengage from unfriend unfollow like there was a thing uh moldova if i'm not mistaken about this <laughs> i could be way wrong but there was a lot of moldova that was spreading these memes throughout 2016 election as well and they were generating income by traffic hits that they could then get yeah and, and people share negative stuff better than they share positive stuff so the best traction for them to get clickbait things. And they also had a method that they would do it. This pretty insidious. So first they would post uh, as they would make each person says has 32, 16 to 32, depending on how many people they could handle personas. And those 16, they reach out to different friends, many of them being the same friends so that they can become a part of a social network of sorts. They share funny memes of cats and things that they know you'll be interested in because of studies that they have from Google research and stuff. And then they uh, slowly start to change the memes that they show you into being outright political ones for the purpose of um, driving discontent or, or even just for the purpose of getting more people to be angry and to click on other ads inside of the articles they post exactly it's um it's social currency based on engagement and you're, you're obviously right people engage with things they're upset about way more right right and, and uh, so, so i become angry at one point uh they had people that were trying to sow unrest in america also by infiltrating groups of uh, BLM members and of and like different not BLM groups, you know, people that there, there was, I was an antithesis to whatever movement, right? So whoever decided they didn't like that, they were inciting them into anger in the, in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, one concrete case when they were like, Oh, these groups infiltrated this, not, not the Moldova ones. These were more malicious groups, possibly Russian. Um, mm -hmm people doing a very similar thing but straight up for the cause of sowing uh animosity into the streets of our yeah of our society not just our political system you know like they're telling um you know right-wingers and 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 uh what were they all lives matter type people they were telling them BLM was going to show up with guns. We should probably bring guns. They were telling BLM, well, these uh, these All Lives Matter people are planning on showing up with guns. We should probably bring guns. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And, and trying to excite idiot. the two ends. Yeah, it's very insidious. And, yeah. And disgusting. And it's uh, but without spreading knowledge of that even existing, without that awareness, 
these th- these people can do it again and again you know so i could maybe shut down somebody from being able to talk about that so like if i said oh shit every time some Moldovan fucking bot farm over there clickbaiting me is found i need to shut them down and fight that and fight that and fight that so they can't do that insidious work i would be far better off if i could try to educate the same numbers of people against Mm. their tactics smart yeah yeah that way people are um sensitive to it when they see it they can stop for a moment and go okay am i engaged in political discourse that's factual or am i a toy for someone else's chess game yes and at the point that you're a toy i really expect you to get mad like when I, I quit smoking because I, they started to show us that we were being treated as smokers. It, and I should have known, but I was a kid, so I didn't. But we were being treated as numbers across a page, you know what I mean? With a life expectancy that was earlier than maybe it should be, you know? They were yeah. fucking with our addiction levels by changing the amount of nicotine to cause us to buy more cigarettes at times. And when I was seeing that they were also then using the price, uh, that same, those methods to then, well, I think it went up 50 cents <laughs> in like a summertime for me. And with that crazy inflation, I was like, this is never going to stop. They're just going to keep fucking me right in my wallet hole. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And f- from that, I began, I became angry and used that anger to quit. Good so you, I, man. how long have you been quitting? How long have you quit? 16 since when i was 16 i know that i would doesn't put me at smoking very long but i did start when i was 11 uh some rock and roll guys they were super cool and one of them told me in between a cigarette because i was like what's making cigarettes you're smoking he must have been able to tell that i was thinking smoking cigarettes was just cool and it was this thing that we had in common as well as the love of ozzy osborne and uh <laughs> and he was like dude if i had it all over to do again you know what i'd do and i was like no i said i'd never start I was like, really? Uh, and it, be, it opened up a thought process that then began to see that that guy was already too far along, you know? Yeah, and, yeah he was deep in the addiction. Yeah, and, and the, that was, sure, where they expected me to be, you know? But to me, if I, if, if I educate people about that, they have the choice. They can assume autonomy. They can take control of that. Or they can give into it. And either way, their choice is right by me. You know? Absolutely. I feel the same about abortion. That I cannot know. I am not in that girl's shoes. Dude, I have no fucking idea whether she's making the right or wrong choice because I can't weigh the things that she has. And I don't know her capacity for compassion or nurturing. And I feel like those are things she's going to (laughs) need. And if she doesn't think that she has that capacity you know what let's just take her word for it before she raises a fucking hitler well especially you're probably really sensitive to that subject because you're the family stuff that you had going on yeah yeah you help and take care of a kid yes yeah my my my, um we we moved back here to help uh foster somebody who is who is having a hard time with his health and and uh I, i i I get this, this funny, like, just because like, like abortion exists, but just because it exists doesn't mean that it has to be used also. Right. So this is a theory, right? This is a working theory. I love wouldn't, this. 
<laughs> it'd be awesome if there were zero abortions. I'm just, yeah. if you're a pro-choicer or if you're a, a right to lifer, I believe that we could both agree that we would like to see zero abortions by necessity. Wouldn't it be great if there was no necessity for abortions? Now, what if we just tried to limit the things that made that those things necessities <laughs> like poverty? You know, each child costs an average of $250,000. If someone is in dire straits, I don't think they're going to have the ability, the resources, the capacity to care for a child. And if they make that decision, I'm there with them. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not saying like we fostered a child who, who could have been aborted. I don't feel that that would have been the right choice. I'm so happy that he's not. But I also feel that when if, if you're a mother, right, and abortion is allowed and you have a child, that's very admirable. You know, if you do even the barest minimum to try and keep it healthy, happy and alive. That's admirable because you could have not done that. It yeah. would have been easier. Now, when I take away that, do I also not take away a certain amount of pride that you should be entitled to by being a mother? Because really, you didn't have much choice. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. That's a really, really, really tough one. I don't think that we have enough conversations in the gray area um, when it comes to things like that. Like, and I do think that, I don't know, like, I think people, they shit on each other way too quickly. Like, I'm sure you've heard, like, men shouldn't have a say-so over a, a woman right, at all. Right, right. I and don't I'm like, that. well, it, Men, men also, you know, helped invent birth control. We helped invent the, the tampon. So I think when, when human beings work in conjunction with each other, there's more ideas at the table. Right. Well, and you just want me at the table anyways, don't you? If you're telling me that a man doesn't have any role in the raising of the child, then all right, let's go ahead and take that. But you don't, you want me at the table. So have me in the discussion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that I get the amount of weight that you have. You have a vagina and the child. <laughs> you know, but uh, I don't mind being there as a springboard for some of your ideas, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Kill I the think, kid. Um, keep it. I don't know. You ever seen Louis C.K.? You ever listen Love to him? him? Yeah. Me abortion. too. Did you ever see his... It's either shitting a baby out your vagina <laughs> yeah. or it's not. Yeah. He said uh, he said and I can understand. He was like, they think you're killing a baby. But then they're just like, oh, shit, I don't give a fuck. It's just like shitting. And then what did he say in that in that whole thing? He was like, yeah, I just killed like four babies last month. Fuck it, right. Like and it, and it was such a, um, a really, really cringy joke. But it was so good because he went across both sides of the spectrum and made fun of both sides. And I was like, that's so beautiful because I do think that just because something is available doesn't make it moral. But it also right. doesn't, right? Like slavery at one point was considered morality. And we all know that that's right. fucking stupid. Eugenics were considered morality. We all know right. that's fucking stupid. So I don't know if this is in one of them, because what I haven't heard from either side is when does life actually begin? I never heard anyone talking oh. about that. Well, no, really? I, I, I hear that. It, many people believe, and it's just said from the right's 
perspective, life begins at conception. Um, the Jewish Bible explains that life begins at the first breath. Uh, and that's the Bible that Judaism is taken from Christianity. So there's weird interpretations there uh, for why the right sees life starting at conception, like as soon as the sperm hits the egg. If that were true, though, that also makes God the biggest aborter in the world, which I guess this is right. But yeah, I mean, then at, at that same point, ejaculation is mass murder. Well, no, because it hasn't entered the egg. But it, but sperm is alive. We can both agree that sperm is cellular. Yes, life. but it's not viable, I think, is their argument against that. Because, of course, if we're talking neither about the religious right. What's neither, that? Is a, neither is a newborn. A newborn is not viable because a no. newborn can't survive. Well, it can't survive without its mother. If you leave a newborn on its own, that, that newborn is not, it's not going to do yeah. anything. So no. if, if you say, okay, well, a newborn is viable. Well, but this is so already is started down the process that will end in it being viable. I, I, I this, it is very confusing in there. Yeah. Inside well, of that idea yeah, that so, life starts at um, even a heartbeat as they found that uh, heart cells will have a heartbeat heart cells uh, outside of the body with electric or, uh, d- that are kept alive by Petri dishes or whatever. And this is rudimentary understanding. <laughs> I don't yeah. know this for sure. Uh, I didn't do the study myself, but th- they will keep <laughs> a heartbeat themselves or something that will be similar to a heartbeat. So it's more of a rhythm, I guess, inside of the babies uh, that, that they try but. To me, the argument gets to be with why are you trying to make me outraged about about this abortion, something that in 1965 was not an outrage for the religious right or for the right for the Republican base. But in 1965, they gave one of the largest tax cuts to corporations that they ever gave one so big that you would begin to think that the Republicans didn't represent the interests of the middle class, but instead were beginning to represent the interest of the corporations. And in that same amount of time, um, they, they started to court in 1970, they started to court the idea of right to life and to pro gun because those, or as it's believed, because those are two issues that people will vote very decidedly on and that are easily controlled. That is a one issue vote. If we control both of those one issue votes and we can tie them in together, then we can take the moral righteousness of a sort and have that. You follow me? Like, like the, the yeah. idea, my rudimentary understanding of the political lineage of this for the Republican Party who didn't care in 1965 to be asked, what is abortion? Well, that's a woman's conversation with her doctor i don't want nothing to do with it You're talking about woman's <laughs> stuff i'm a, i'm a dude okay yeah it, it's it's whenever you start tackling on i believe this because i'm christian or i believe this because i'm a democrat or i believe this because i'm a woman or you know what i mean like these are the conversations that are side swiping the full conversation it's like you know do i think that there's never a reason to get an abortion. Of course not. Like if it's going to kill you, if, if something bad is going to happen, but do I think a 17 year old should be on her 10th? I, I think <laughs> there's an underlying problem there that maybe well, should what, need to be fixed. Yes. So what, what is my, my ability to fix that? If I simply overrule her ability to have an abortion, this person who has had 10 abortions, I'm guessing is probably not mother material. 
Um, and, and, and would it be better that she had 10 children and full of it, neglect? Like it's like, yeah. yeah or would it be better that she even has the 11th one and now she's forced and she just hates <laughs> it. Right. She's just resentful of the little bastard. Like, like yeah. I think that's the way I'm going to be when I get to heaven. You know, those little bastards that get aborted. Like I want zero abortions because who wants to fill up heaven with a bunch of kids that don't know right from wrong. Mm. Mm. You know what oh, I mean? Damn. You just went crazy. Dude, when you get to heaven, think about it. Aborted babies just driving around, knocking over your trash cans, tying cans to your cat's tail, right? Like, they, oh, I'm aborted. What the fuck you, man? I never got to live. Fuck you. Suck a dick. They're like generation. They keep on pointing at their nuts all the time. They got little baby nuts and shit. Do I got fucking genitals? Fuck you. I never got to use them. Fuck you. That's true. Well, I, 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 and, I, and that's why I say, like, I, I think that the gray area conversations don't happen. And I think they don't happen because that's what was sells votes. And the two party right. system, I think, is just outdated. And there's too many times that people go off of single issue to try to uh, gather votes. And I don't think people are thinking clearly. My f- I just posted this the other day. My favorite people are like pro-life feminists or anti-gun <laughs> republicans or uh, for okay. real like yes no i'm with it a walking conundrum that. dude well, explain this one to me because i it, like it already well it's you're free thinking so like when you say so you're say, a, i'm sorry well yeah so 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 let's say like you're uh i don't know dude i i tattoo so many different walks of life i can't even tell you i tattoo black trump supporters who mm-hmm only been called the n-word by other black people that found out that they voted for trump i tattoo feminists that get kicked out of their feminist group because they're pro-life and it's like well (laughs) i i don't necessarily think that we have to walk this perfectly fine line if i vote this way then i must believe all of this stuff i think the identification of a free thinking person is to be able to do things issue by issue by issue that you don't fall into one category because if you do lest you be pulled by the rest of the things that are involved with your category. Like, I think it's possible to like Trump's tax plans and not like Trump. I think that's that's perfectly possible. I think it's possible to be a Republican and hate Trump. Like, uh, I think. What about this beautiful thing of, of a thought? It, it's possible to be a Republican and get Trump's vaccine. It is Trump's vaccine. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's the hilarious part. <laughs> yeah, like, I hate that. I will never get that vaccine that, that my president was very successful in getting to the people quicker than anybody else thought possible. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> yeah. And then it, like, and it ended up happening. Now, now the funny his thing his greatest is, is that, success and they, they don't partake in it. You know what well, I mean? Like such an irony. Here's, here's where I started getting off the line. If you really want me to tell you where I started getting off the first anti-vaxxers I ever saw were Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. And then some of those. <laughs> yeah. I seven. recall. Yeah, and Kamala was like, I'm telling you right now, Trump, didn't it? Yeah, she said, I'm telling you right now, if Trump has a vaccine, I'm not taking it. And I then there's a video of her the taking it. Thing. And it's then the Joe, Biden was like, Joe Biden was like, are you going to trust this with your kids? Are you, who's going to sign up for it? Are you going to sign up for this experimental drug? I'm like, this is when we start getting political and anti-scientific yeah. is when you're using this as a political game. Then the party and then switch. you switch. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. And everybody's and, a different side. Yeah. Now, now all of the Trumpers were like, fuck, yeah, that's our president. He's going to get a vaccine. He just saved y'all's ass. And then all of the anti-Trumpers were like, I'm not taking that shit. Who the fuck does he think he is? That could cause harm to our bodies. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Not properly vetted. Yeah. Well, he skipped phase one and phase two testing. That was scary Mm -hmm. shit. 
Yeah. So then all of a sudden the party switched and everyone switched with them. And I'm like, at some point we're not thinking clearly anymore. Yeah. No, we're, we're part of a political football game. No, that was a big moment for me too. Oh, when, when Kamala Harris said that actually, I I believe it was during a debate and Mm -hmm. I was watching the debate and I was like, Whoa, that's a really dumb, dumb thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how you get ahead of that. Like, and it has to be, if it's thoughtfully said, then it has to be because I know people are fickle and stupid and they will be ready to forgive me because they're my people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or it's just set out of pure like um, animosity against Trump, which is acceptable. I think that's probably more what it was, but either way, it, it showed me that this isn't about science. This is about politics and all of my arguments in the future, next few weeks are going to be very similar. So I I did stupider things. I, uh, I would go into places when they were serving people without masks on. uh, And I would just ask if I could light up a cigarette, you know, (laughs) they just be like, you're of course not. Duh. You can't smoke inside. I'd be like, Oh yeah. Cause why you're probably worried about the kids health. What if I blow it <laughs> high up in the air? Would that be okay? No, you can't smoke in here. You guys got a sign up that says that? Yeah, right over there next to the masks must be worn with for service sign. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, but well, to me, it was the irony that, that was more, uh, you know, just how stupid are we? We're dumb. Yeah, and I, I, I think a lot of it, we don't realize how much of it we take from our either religious affiliation or our political affiliation or even just our friends like when when you talk to people most people get it from their social media networks the friends that they're with Mm -hmm. and they also don't want to argue with them so people are sticking up for things because they don't want to not be friends with a group of friends or they don't want to be ostracized or i talk about it it, plenty where there's uh actually on the ship that we were on Oh, that was season three. Actually, we're on the, the enterprise, but um, there was they did a, a study where they just they have one person that's being tested, twenty people that aren't. They all have to pick which one of these two lines are the closest are are the same size, and they're different parallels, so it's kind of hard to tell different positions, but you can tell it's A, and everybody picks B, and they all go to stand at their answer B, and the last person who is actually being tested goes and picks B despite being able to see it's clearly a Mm. and it's very similar in this kind of thinking that you're saying with the media, right? Like you don't, why did you do that? 85% of the time these people pick that. Why did you pick that? They asked them. I didn't want to go against, I didn't want to make them feel bad is sometimes an answer. And I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. And isn't that strange that all of the best things that have ever happened in life were uncomfortable? Like, are you telling me that Rosa Parks felt really comfortable? Are you telling me Martin Luther King felt really comfortable, right? Like that no, was the yeah. grain back then, yeah. you know? So the, 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 the difficult conversations I think are important. All I just your introspection in your artwork. How comfortable was that? Oh, horrible, dude. It's never comfortable. <laughs> ever. Doing yeah. art and posting it online is never comfortable. All that shit that led to all this growth. How comfortable is that? Well, I don't think growth is ever comfortable, especially if mm-hmm. we're denying uh, 
our affiliation with nature, if we truly believe that we are connected with nature, truly and honestly, we are na- we are nature, guaranteed. It's not like humans are the scar amongst nature. Human beings are nature. Like we didn't, we weren't dropped off here by an alien. We evolved with nature. So that makes point, things that we make and produce also relative nature. No, for sure. Like, yeah, because we like even cities it. and houses and. Yes and no. I mean, I don't think those things don't come without anything. But then again, a bird has to break branches to be able to make a nest. You know what I mean? Now, okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that like a skyscraper and a nest. Yes, those are obviously different. Um, and our progress does lead us down some, you know, not so great paths. I'm. I'm. I'm well aware that human beings are destructive in um, our nature. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But, but I also don't know where we're supposed to be either. Like, does everyone honest to God want to go back to living just outside? Like, 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 honestly, like no cell phones, no television, no clothes. uh, No, no amount of, of uh, meditation has made me want to deal with the elements. I've watched naked and afraid. I'm not about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like even the fact that you're wearing clothes, like if you look at how much stuff has to go through just to put clothes on us like so what are we supposed to do we didn't grow gills we didn't grow feathers we didn't grow fur right so we we make the world adapt to us we don't adapt to the world whether or not that's good or bad i i I can't tell you but i do know that most of nature um isn't fair most of nature isn't sweet it's not love it's not like like most of it isn't you know what i mean if Mm -hmm. you look at most animal sexes is rape Right. Minus most of the courtship. It's like the males get to decide by fucking each other up who gets to have sex. She has no say. She has no say. The strongest man is going to beat up all the other men. And that's who I get. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah. It wasn't there. There was a movie like caveman or something like that, or, or the invention of fire. I don't It, it was kind of like that. Ray Dong Chong, Tommy Chong's daughter was, uh, was in it. Maybe a little bit more cream. If you could bring me some. Was Sorry, it was it graphic off. like that? Uh, it was. I mean, you knew what was going on. It wasn't uh, this. It, yeah, it, 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 there's no words. Am I mistaken? Um, no, there was no what? words in this whole movie. It was all just cavemen, and it was kind of this primeval kind of nature rules, survival of the fittest, strongest man, mates, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think she became. Um, sought after something like a, a, a prize at one point i think she was just raped by the strongest person right and then she became a prize because she found fire or was able to harness fire or keep fire mm-hmm. and then almost became a deity of sorts from, from because you know fire is not this you know easy thing no so yeah her control of the fire then gave her some power i Actually, now I want to go back and watch it, but I can't even remember the titles. Good luck. But um, in that kind of exactly that, it was the the nature of human is uh, not to be civilized. No, and and, and the reason why is not because humans are a scar upon the earth, but it's because almost all of nature shares that. So zebras, for example, will go find other young fowl and drown them and kill them because they don't want competition from other males. Black bears specifically will seek out, males will seek out females. If the female has young, the black bear understands you're not going to mate with me. So it either kill, it, it typically tries to kill the, um, the baby. Yeah. 
And then it's like, so now that you don't have a kid, I'm fucking trying to fuck, right? Like, if that happened in America, it would be all over the news. Football players would wear different colored fucking socks for the Super Bowl to commemorate it. Like, that's what would happen. And the fucked up part is that's just nature. That's all that cute shit that we think that we're not a part uh, of. Like, Now that the kids are gone, it's not like you put them in school, you know? Dude, there's there's a mourning process. All right, well, I'll be back tomorrow to check on you. Yeah. (laughs) Feeling better? Hippos do the same thing. Hippos will maul the babies of other female hippos. Like this happens all the time. If a lion takes over another pride, it is full infanticide. They kill every single child. So there's no successors. That's insane. Like, and this happens every single day. And we think that we're fucking everything up. I guarantee you if lions had thumbs and black bears had thumbs and knew how to make cities, they would do no different. (laughs) Well, do you think the thumb has maybe actually allowed us? To develop these brains let's look at the the um socialization habits of those things that do have opposable thumbs and they're generally higher uh, than the socialization habits of of animals without well i think that's because things with thumbs enter into the like primordial stone age they are are i can use a tool Mm -hmm. and so whoever has the best tool will be the most viable to the pack and whoever's most viable to the pack is obviously usually the most rewarded. I mean, it, it, animals go down to it based on the color of feathers. This, mm-hmm. this mate is more viable to me because he's more beautiful, which will mean that our children, when we make them, will make more beautiful babies, which means that my species will go on. That mate, and this is bird sex, yeah. that mate is more viable to me. And in the Stone Age, it's mostly about for survival. So if you have the best way to crack open those nuts so we can eat, if you're the best hunter because you're stronger and faster, right. then you're the most viable. So it's I, I think it's always just about viability. And you're right. Things with thumbs are able to manipulate a I lot better. Made that bit up, but as I was thinking it through, as I was saying it, it didn't seem that wrong. I was like, "Wait, well, raccoons do have a better social order than other animals, don't they? Am I wrong?" I have no I, idea, actually. I know primates. Of raccoons. Um, however, I believe also uh, the flipperty animals there—they got high up social uh, things. They also rape. <laughs> they, they also yes, rape. They also yeah. rape. And they are the assholes of the sea. Did you see the video of this of the um, paddle boarder? And he's about to take a wave, and he's paddle boarding, and these these three uh, dolphins are coming up behind him, and one of them straight up shoulder bumps him right off of that fucking paddle board. Like you see yeah. him go out of his way and change his trajectory just to be like, boom, you're in the water. Yeah, yeah, and I'm your fuck. Well, you see orcas, and now I'm seals. raping you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They play around with them like that. But yeah, they smack them into the air as far as they fucking can. And half the time they don't eat them. Wait, like, I'm forgetting where we're at there. Are we just uh, are we just uh, justifying humanities uh, inhumanities? Well, I think <laughs> the fact that we have the ability to judge what is moral and immoral is a step mm-hmm. up from almost all of nature that doesn't do that. It just acts in accordance to what its instinct are. And people always say, well, you know, a zebra drowning another baby zebra and full infanticide and stealing it from the mother and torturing it and killing it. That's just zebra nature. And I'm like, oh, okay, dickhead. What's human nature then? Right. And if we are well, all we'll take your nature, babies and we'll put them in a fucking zoo. <laughs> we'll look yeah. at them behind bars or we'll put them in a great big tank and make them do tricks for the people. I think I think. Yeah, true. Well, I, that's a really rough one. 
That's a, it's a rough one because it's one of those hand that feeds the other hand things. The amount of money that's gone into conservation due from to, those efforts due to putting animals in zoos, it is kind of like, you know, the baby deer has to die so that the baby yeah. bears can eat. It's kind I'll, of the same thing. It's I'll it, go with you on the zoo. I, I, and some zoos better than others. Uh, sea For world, sure. fuck sea world right in its fucking ass. <laughs> fuck and that place. Uh, have you, have you seen the, you have not seen the documentary Blackfish, I believe it is then? Yeah, Blackfish is one. So here, I, I'm, I, I know okay. it was a specific trainer. They treated her animals horribly. Ooh, no, more than the trainer. When they went down and they stole the children from the mothers, mm-hmm. everything from then on, you're just like, this is all going to be horrific. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they straight I, up, uh, the way that they maneuvered and stole somebody's baby. I mean, you, to put yourself in that same situation and to think that you're running from these aggressors, right? And then finally, you're, you think you're getting away. They do these tracks, these tricks. There's explosions around you. And then finally, they secure you and they slowly maneuver so that you are not near your baby. The thing that you're supposed to, like your one primordial thing is to protect that, you know? Yeah. And then it, then they sever that bond, fly it in an airplane far away from you. You're never going to see it again. It's never going to see you. And it's going to be doing tricks for me at fucking SeaWorld. And now for every ticket that I've ever bought to that shitty place, I feel like a piece of fuck. I can't remember when the NOAA, the Marine, it was like the Marine Mammal Protection ended up mm-hmm. happening. But it's an act that happened that was supposed to, um, I, and I'm pretty sure it's active now. It prohibits the taking, um, harassment, hunting, capturing, collecting, all those things in U.S. water. So we're not allowed to take animals out of the water anymore, period, according to this. Like, it's completely prohibited. Yeah, I mean, for us, that's nice. It will be nice if it was worldwide, too. But actually, it would just be nice if the education were enough there, which I think that's where we're at now, too. The education comes from the marine life studying and zoos though that's the fucked up part well right and if they say it's okay what we did but when the documentary came out there was an education about that and now i won't even think about wearing a sea world hat you know what i mean or putting on a shirt it's like oh fuck that like i i do not want to be in any part of, of stealing somebody's baby yeah I can't remember if this is true or not, and I'm not justifying it in the slightest. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's the double-edged sword of information. Yeah. I don't know if I'm correct about this or not, but I think that the two Bush Garden conservation funds, I think they're maybe it's not Bush Garden, it's a, I think it is the SeaWorld ones. Um, those two, please, please, I, I could be wrong about this. I can't remember. We were talking to a marine person because Missy took me to the Chicago Zoo and we were uh, uh-huh. beluga trainers for a day. So we helped out the aquarium, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shed's aquarium. Yep. We, we were um, there with belugas and we were feeding them and helping take care of them. I have my um, uh, aquarium dive certification, so I can go to aquariums and Hmm. and volunteer and dive and stuff. I've done it at the, have you gone to Georgia to do it yet? That's what I really want to do. Cause they used to have (laughs) two whale sharks there. They don't have one now. (laughs) I could be, there was way more than uh, there were so many. I, there was way more than two whale sharks. I, I uh, dude, it, and there's people in there <laughs> swimming around with them, and you're like, how yeah. do you get to do that? And that's you what get you get your yeah, yeah. I have my um, uh, I have 150 feet dive certified, and then I have an aquarium dive certified. 
So I would do like um, little dives at the Baltimore Aquarium and you would help like clean the fish off by taking like some of the rock and you, you the pull inner it down harbor. over them and they crawl yeah. under it. Yeah. Another. Yeah, really I would good like aquarium. stick my tongue out at the kids and shit. <laughs> um, it was Behind your mask. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would pull my mask okay. off and, and stick my tongue out and then put my mask back on, re-equalize. Um, but so I can't remember who we were talking to there, but they were saying that it's two different it's two different conservation funds. And they mm-hmm. said if it wasn't for SeaWorld's conservation funds on something with congressional waters, I don't want to be quoted on it, okay. um, that most of the killer whales would be extinct. Hmm. So it's this, sh- and I, I you yeah, double-edged sword. I follow it. I follow it. Yeah, I, I and don't without think knowing that they were majestic like they were, would we not have possibly hunted them down for their teeth or or their I, fins because they make our penises harder? Supposedly, someone once heard. Oh, that's weird. Well, they do that with sharks. <laughs> shark fin yeah, soup is like an aphrodisiac. So they'll that's grab a so shark. Disgusting cut its fucking dorsal fin off and leave it to die it'll still be alive but it's not going to fare any good without a dorsal fin and then <laughs> the, so they'll make soup it's pretty terrible but it's, yeah it's also done <laughs> but no i, I follow it is the double-edged sword we it, without knowing possibly even how majestic they are by capturing them at any point would we even set up this fund where we care enough about conserving them yeah there's, there's a there's a place um it's called discovery cove in florida i took missy there and you could give a certain amount of money and you could feed the stingray in the morning and then you could give another certain amount of money and you could hold a shark like in your lap and me and missy did it and um when they were explaining what the money goes to so the money there around sarasota is that on the gulf side i i honestly don't remember i don't think it's i think it's near orlando okay um but so you basically give them money and that money goes right to this conservation fund. And so what that pays for is um, tracking a lot of these sharks breeding behaviors and then taking that information to congressional waters and saying, hey, listen, we want these waters. Nobody is allowed to swim in them. We should be able to police these waters because this is the breeding ground during these times when these okay. sharks are here. Right. And and so you think like, well, why didn't the government just pay for that? Well, it's like yeah maybe but that money does have to come from somewhere and she was like yeah so you have to pay marine biologists have to be there you have to pay divers you have to pay for diving equipment tanks you have to have a first mate you have to have a boat you have to have gas you have to have months on the road you have to have rations you have to have food you have to pay for the invention of the trackers to go on them you have months of studying like to be able to figure out now it should just be hey stop killing animals in the wild that should be it (laughs) But I mean, right. it's a big world out there, man. We can't get everyone to do the same the same thing as we do, lest we're basically saying, hey, everyone should be America. And I don't think yeah. we want that. Uh, so don't we or do? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't either. I don't. I, I think there traveling. might be some forces that are like, hey, you know, uh, who I was at? Truman. No, it wasn't Truman. It was Eisenhower. I'm sorry. Eisenhower. Man, am I wrong though? Actually, I like like wasn't it Eisenhower? He was war vet, right? And, and he was the one that coined the term the military-industrial complex. I don't, I can't verify. I don't know, but I he believe ex- whichever one of the is, things you say, whichever one it was, <laughs> I yeah. believe it would be an Ike. Um, he coined the term, and uh, we were kind of 
it, it, a double-edged sword. Like we yeah. were, uh, he, he was explaining that without making this vast military industrial complex, we would not be able to remain the shining be beacon of freedom in the world. And, uh, but then he said, he explained, as we make it, we must also be very cautious to never let the interests of the vast military industrial complex that we make overrule the interests of the people it was made and intended to serve. For if that ever happens, our democracy, our shining beacon of, um, of, of humanity will not, will, will not be, you know what I mean? It's not a shining beacon now. It's now the needs of the military industrial complex that recognizes I can only make so many bombs before I don't need to make bombs unless I'm using these bombs. Ah, it's, it's the, uh, the story of the way budgets work. A budget, basically, if you're not mm -hmm. using your budget, we take away. As long as you're using <laughs> your budget, we keep giving, which is why 38 right. years I've been alive, except for, honestly, one president, we've been at war every single year. And yeah. it's insanity, yeah, yeah. dude. I follow. <laughs> yeah, and Which I, president I, I, were we not at war under? Uh, I'm pretty sure Trump didn't put us in a war. That doesn't make him good or bad, okay. but it's the first time we've <laughs> yeah. had Palestinian peace, the first time we've had peace in North Korea. Like I said, that doesn't make him a shining beacon of shit at all, but I do I think I don't know that odd. we had Palestinian peace. Wasn't it I Israel mean, and Palestine? There was a... There was negotiations, was. yeah. Yeah, there was negotiations. A negotiations where, but there definitely didn't have peace on the Gaza Strip between Palestinians and, and Israeli, Israelis. Um, and, and as far as military involvements, I don't think we started any new wars. You're absolutely right. There were several that we still were tying up the loose ends of. Yeah. <laughs> and that are like still good old ongoing now. Yeah. Good Afghanistan was, uh, was the one that kind of got ended up, right? Yeah, I think, um, well, he, I think he pulled every one of the troops out except for like, I think it was 250 or 2,500. It's one of those numbers. Um, Actually, we're both stupid. I'm well, I'm, yeah, we're I'm, both I'm ignorant on this, right? And we're both like, I think, let me tell you my, uh, my numbers. It's, and I'm it's like, really, I'm realizing really, now. Mm -hmm. it, well, it's, it's really tough for either of us to do unless we sit down and have all of it in front of us because we're trying to pull a lot of information yeah. from a conversation. And really, my own interest in going down there is something that I'm not proud of because I was just trying to wait for those, or not wait, but to add weight for the people who have hate for Trump in such a fashion that, that we would say, this is the, not the first day, you know, nobody, so somebody doesn't want to, you know, give the guys accurate. And I was trying to allow them to still not, <laughs> which I yeah, shouldn't. Yeah. No, it I, is. I, it is awesome. That it is my uh, interpretation though. I think where we even started to go was, do we want to be all of everybody, America? Um, some of these thoughts that we've been talking about for a while now are similar to uh, the song Imagine by John Lennon. No? Okay. I don't know the song. Imagine there's no uh, countries. Imagine there's no flags, basically. Imagine mm. there's no religion. Um, and it imagines a place where people are living in peace. That's How did beautiful. you not hear the song imagine? How I don't listen come? to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't in the Beatles, it was John Lennon. And then it was a Nike commercial at one point, too, wasn't it? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think know. It, maybe it was a Coca-Cola commercial. So it's so fun. Uh the way 
everything is sold to us, packaged and given to us, and that I can say, yeah, you know, you know this beautiful song about freedom and loving your your fellow man. It's a it's a Coke commercial, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, it, that that would be really tough to do, though, right? Like, I mean, obviously, like no flags, yeah. no religion, because that mm-hmm. takes away culture too. Like, you basically uh, yeah. liquefy culture out of it. And but now, when we take culture out. Do we end up with, I mean, we don't really take culture out so much as we've actually appropriated and shared culture until now it is all a shared culture. And well, I mean, if we take culture out and we're a culturalist people, yeah, life sounds pretty boring. But if I take away the thing that defines me from you, you know, that keeps me so different from you, I also take away my resistance to understanding and tolerating and growing love for you we're saving the world we're solving all its problems let me start to wrap this thing up though (laughs) we can only save enough of these problems and let me ask you a question directly to you um actually let's just mention our friend bull who's your favorite bull if you don't say jared Jared, (laughs) if you don't say he's the only bull i know and love (laughs) Good answer. And you got me before I said his name. Good job. Um, yeah, but yes. I love Jared. So moving on from liquid chaos, bull Jared. Um, Jesse Smith has a, has a direct question for you. Mm. And the question is, it. ask you about NFTs? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> of course, if it came from Jesse, it's going to be, he is pretty consumed with NFTs right now. Yes. Yeah, he definitely is. The, I, I've basically just been in a, in a part of it with them. Like we've done mm-hmm. a couple together. Um, oh, cool. we're part of the tattoo shop NFT. Um, mm-hmm. I know very little about the whole inner workings of it. I'm more interested in like the art side of it. So the Jesse's definitely, he's the man to ask about all that. I'm just fucking. Well, actually, I'm I think present. it's his friend, Jeremy. He's <laughs> explained to me uh, is the man to ask, but Jesse knows an awful lot about and is, but you are part of Carcaeus then. Uh, very little. Yeah. I did a, I did a round of, of, oh, I did one of the paintings for the very large um, mm-hmm. group painting that a bunch of tattoo artists were involved in, which I thought was super cool. And that then sounds he, awesome. Uh, I believe he's talked to me about it, but he didn't ask me to be a part of it. So I'm surprised he's asking you to talk about it on my show. Son of a bitch. That <laughs> motherfucker needs to die. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, he's, I'm sorry. He's, he's putting in work, man. He really is. Like, Jesse is, I would say Jesse, yeah. I mean, he, he's been the lead person I've gone to about all of this stuff. So he's kind of directing the, the circus, and I'm just one of the, one of the elephants. So you were a, a participant in an oil painting then that was then turned to an NFT? No, or was no, it a no, digital so painting he, that you did a layer for that we randomly generated for his NFTs? A little bit of both. So we did one that was a bunch of layers. Like I did a bunch of features mm-hmm. and then he has a very, very large painting that was all digital. Basically everyone put a digital art into it. He placed it uh, within the world. Like he was like, Hey, here, you know, here's a spot. Here's a spot. Here's a spot. Do a painting for this. And then uh, it made one huge scene. Um, and then I think he's doing NFTs of all the small ones and eventually they'll make one huge picture. It's actually really cool. Um, that's all I know about it though, how those things work. And, um, going to make one picture like 
when you collected garbage pill kids or something in the back exactly. of them. Exactly. There was a yeah. special one that was like one sixteenth of a that's pretty cool. Yeah, kind it of was, fun. It's 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 really neat. I was I think me and Murph did a little piece in it, and so it was awesome. What about generating garbage pill kids? How come garbage pill kids are not already NFTs? I wonder if they're probably dude, there probably is. The, the NFT world is so damn big and it's it's almost overwhelming. Like at some point, it's like we were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. about the astronaut. It's like, oh, you want to give me a hug? Good boy. Um, it's like uh is that what the, the astronaut does? There's only so much. Uh <laughs> no, no, my little dog. He comes up and gives me hugs. I don't know why he does it. He'll come up and just hug me. Um but I think I think at some point the world of NFT, like there's a certain lane that I stay in, and that's like I know how to produce art. Right. And then once it gets into like the blockchain and we need to make Discord bots and we need to make Twitter runs and mint things. And if you get two of these, they turn into a different baby one. Like that, that's out of my <laughs> line. I, I know how to make art and then I'll let you lead the, the circus. Right. Let, let me do the technical part. It's what I love. Yeah. It's what you're I, also I don't even in. What's that? Call yourself. Uh, it's a, the, the technical part of it. I mean, you're schooled in it, you know, to tangents. Mm-hmm. There you go. Big words. <laughs> you're schooled in it to big words. Yeah. So it, it, it also makes sense that it is your passion. Yeah. Yeah. I well, well, just the art side of it. Everything outside of the NFT side of it, I'm not, I have to say, I'm really not even kind of interested in. Um, but not creating even kind art, of. Fun. Do you own one of no. his NFTs then? He's sent. Yeah, I think I think I do have one now. I haven't okay. technically gotten it because there's a process to getting it. And I had to wait I'm for waiting to myself. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's being minted now or something. And it will show up any day. I'm just standing there moving back and forth and coming like, do I got my <laughs> NFT yet? Do I got my <laughs> NFT yet? I'm going to make that motherfucker tattoo. me. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much anything Jesse does. I try to support. I mean, he's. He was one of my really big idols when I first started tattooing. And okay. um, and so it's one of those like starstruck moments when he was like, you're really good. And I was like, shut up, you know, like. And so then he when he like asks me to do stuff with him, it's usually like a big honor. It's like paying tribute to because I wanted to tattoo just like him when I was younger. Um, All that weird, wild yeah. eyes. And I loved that stuff when I first started tattooing, man. What are you doing the- now? I mean, that's still kind of. You're not really new school, but I mean, it's not not what you're doing. Are you doing more portraits nowadays or something? It seems like I'm mostly doing like portraits or horror or pop culture portraits, like the mm-hmm. typical Nico Hurtado style, mm-hmm. um, you know, thing. But recently I've been getting a bunch of people asking for, I don't care how you do it. Just this is what I want. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know what it's coming into, but I've, you know how like a while ago I used to hate doing line work and I've been really getting into line work a lot and enjoying it. And I don't know when the fuck that happened. (laughs) Um, Um, Are you using a new liner? No, 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 no. I'm just actually lining instead of most of the time. What I would do is do like a really thin black line um, and it would be there just to imply that something was there. And then I would allow my shading to, to do dictate. most of the magic. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm letting most of my line work dictate a lot of it. It's weird. I'm, I'm morphing into something different, I think. And it's, so your I'm lines take happen. longer and the color takes shorter now. 
probably yeah yeah i don't line very quickly i'm oh, my, okay. my line work's probably my worst quality i think but you haven't gotten I, like uh what a friend of mine nicholas armstrong was just talking about a dan cuban that he uses for uh cartridge that i have sped up spe- okay <laughs> right on yeah yeah it did I, are you using it to speed up your line work or is it not working like that for you? i can only use the dan cuban for three liners it doesn't seem to push my other ones as well now that could be the tuning it could be okay. Anything. It was supposed to be for three fives and sevens. I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I ended up selling it to one of the girls. Dude, uh, he was pushing like a nine or an 11. Motherfucker. I like I it was a fat it. outline and he was loving it. He, he said it was a new Dan Cuban. It had, it didn't look like as many different spring concoction thing. It was a, uh, it was different. Yeah. It, it could have been one of those things. You know how, when you try a new machine, um, it, it feels wrong until it feels right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I gave it a fair enough shot. I did like three tattoos with it. And I was like, and then I put my other machine back in my hand and I was like, oh my God, this feels, that right feels better. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if it's my reluctance. Uh, For something new. Yeah. And I'm not typically like that, but with tattooing, I just found the machines and the stroke length and the needles that I really like. And I haven't had like a, I haven't had a need for anything new. You know what, what I mean? Using like, for needles. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, okay. So I, <laughs> right. I, yeah, I, I make my own pretty much. Like we're not make my own. What? Let me not say that. I, I get my own from a manufacturer overseas. That you have designed the tolerances for yes. or something? Yeah, I did everything. So basically like a, a cartridge company in America, what they would do. Huh? And then they would order them and box them themselves. Like we have our own needles. They say black Lotus tattoos on them. They have a cool little design, but you have no desire to ship them out to anybody else or enter that. No, dude. Like I, 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 I thought about doing that, but I was like, I don't want another business endeavor. Realistically, what I wanted to Mm -hmm. do was cut cartridge costs um, for my shop because I supply all of their supplies. Um, So I just wanted to cut cartridge. So I just basically bypassed the middleman. Um, and it's the same company that a bunch of the other companies are using. Yes, of course. Because um, there's not many of them. Yeah. <laughs> but and they then, all do set up different tolerances or different. Am I wrong? Yes. Yeah. You, you, well, you can even go down to like changing the colors. Like I want the back of it to be green and the front of it to be clear purple. You know what I mean? And right. I want to use But you're not worried about or... that, are you? No, dude. Rubber I'm, bands I'm... instead of diaphragms. Yeah. yeah I, I don't notice the difference, to be honest. Okay. I really don't. Um, between the two i don't notice the difference yeah well, one like, of them I, I though use... is supposed to get more ink into your machine or possibly cross-contaminate more. You know? yeah and i've never had that ever like i I've, I've seen pictures of it where people will turn over their machine and the ink goes all the way up the tube and then it's stuck in there i've never in my life had that or i or i probably would have migrated towards um right. the membrane system but I think it's like one of those, like I've never had a problem with it. So, um, so it's you know, not a problem. So it's not a problem. Yeah. It's not broke. <laughs> yeah. Why fix it? Right. Yeah. Like oh, I was using, uh, one's rubber bands for several years, very happy using them. Never seemed to have the problems that I saw other people occasionally have with them too. But then I would see them, you know, turn their machines upside down while running them and, you know, and then not clean out their machine when they got done too. You're like, uh, 
that don't make no sense. But, yeah, I've I've seen people do like um, it, you know, it's typically conventions. Like if you're doing like an upper arm, like a deltoid, and all you have is a fold up chair, it's really difficult to get that person to lean. Right. So that you're not 90 degreeing your fucking machine and then pouring ink into the into the rubber band system. Um, right. I bet I'm successfully boring people, but I still have one question about that. Do you find <laughs> at all that I and I think this occasionally, I feel that rubber bands might have an advantage over diaphragms in that the rubber band is pulling backwards and down a little bit like we used to bend the needle when we would use you know, a five, five and a quarter needle bar. Yeah. You'd yeah. Always, you'd always bend that. So you had that tension against the, the, you know, the, um, the tip of your tube. Mm-hmm. I feel like the rubber band is providing that same direction then because it's, a, it's usually aligned towards the back of the needle. Whereas the diaphragm uh, is just set up in there. And so it almost gives to more flux, right? More movement of the needle without a directional control. That makes sense because it's omnidirectional when you use the membrane. As right. opposed to the, the rubber band, it's only up and down. Like right. it, it almost fixes it in place. I could see that. I, didn't, didn't people fix that by just switching to diamond tips so that the tension was pretty much there within the shape of the tip? Right, but still that allows at times for, I don't know that allows at times, actually. I feel like it could allow at times more um, fluttering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little side-to-side action or something. Because when that when that rubber band was pulling it towards the back of the diamond tip, it was right there in that V, you know? And even when yeah. you went a little bit and you rounded your corners or whatever, then you would, as long as your speed was right, it wouldn't pop out. But in the diaphragm, I feel like you need to watch your speed a bit more because it pops out to that other V a little easier. Or you watch your direction a bit more. Um, And I think with that, I've probably successfully bored anybody who isn't a tattoo artist and and familiar with any of the terminology (laughs) that we're going over. Yeah, Nikhil, you lost me at needles. Well... I yeah I, I and I, it's funny too because like two tattoo artists at some point are obviously going to start talking technical with each other like it's fucking yeah. <laughs> bound to happen. Well, I think that's a, a obvious sign then that I've I've, sit, I've stayed too long and I've said too much. But with that, Halo, <laughs> great talking to you again. Uh, illuminating as always. And where can we follow your art travels uh, progression and see your your work, your Instagrams and all this. Um, so basically now I'm only on Instagram and my Instagram is, uh, tattoos by halo. I kept it real easy. Nice and simple. Nice. Well, thank and you, simple. brother. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. We love you. Halo. I tell Missy, we love her as well. Look forward I definitely to seeing will. you guys. Take All it right. easy. Talk to you later. Uh, see, you. see you brother. <laughs>